Welcome to the Faith Family Freedom Podcast. I got Anthony Black here today. What's up, Anthony? What's up, buddy? Not much. I'm glad you made it, man, because we've been trying to do this for a while. Yeah, it's been like, what, five five months, six months? Yeah. Maybe more. Time goes by fast. It does. It does. Um, yeah, how you been, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I like your Dirtfish shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Did you go do that? Uh, I work there now. What? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Are you still doing paramedic stuff or? Uh, no, I, uh, I decided that, uh, I needed a break for, I applied for Seattle police department though. So oh, cool. The next. Nice. Next we need here. more police officers. I, you know, I don't, I think you can have a DUI now and work for <laughs> Seattle police department. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's maybe not a good thing, I, but you know, I hope you get the job. I, uh, I watched like police stuff all the time on YouTube like from um, the uh, what is that camera uh, that they wear oh yeah yeah the badge cams yeah the badge yeah. cams and uh, some of the stuff you see is just out of this world man I can't believe here's what I can't believe I can't believe people are that that dumb out there like you know what's gonna happen when you bring a gun to any crime right yeah, it's, it's it's your days are over, right? Yeah, I, I, it's a lack of parenting. I don't know. A <laughs> lack of parenting, absolutely. <laughs> Drugs. I, I, somebody should have told that fifty-year-old man that I just saw get smoked. Uh-huh. Uh, he was. I was watching it before you remember. He was on a bus, on a traveling bus, going out of town, and he was on like four pills of morphine, just comatose in his seat, and the paramedics were trying to. You know, give him the chest rub and wake yeah. him up, and then. Uh, Is it the uh, black dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw that one. Yeah. So that was a terrible, like, because one, you're on the, he's on. Um, well, oh, transit. Yeah, yes. and he's on Narcan. They gave him Narcan. Yeah. Yep. And they're trying to warn him, like, dude, you're gonna crash, in like 15 minutes. You need to go to the hospital, and he's on morphine. He's on Narcan, and so you have a. A mix of bad things going on in your head, which probably makes you pretty irrational at the time. Yeah, they get pretty uh, angry when you wake them up with Narcan. That's, uh, yeah, people usually have kind of two reactions that I've seen. You have the sit, like, they'll wake up just throwing up and sick, and I don't do drugs, I swear. Like, oh, why the drugs? Why the Narcan works? Like, like, oh, crazy, man. Uh, and then you have people that wake up just angry. Yeah. Mad. Oh, he was angry. He he wanted to get back on the bus and go see his wife, who we said was in the hospital, and they wouldn't let him on because well he had to be medically cleared to get back on the bus. So they asked him like, "We need to pat you down real quick and make sure you're not carrying any weapons because we see a bulge on the side." Yeah. And he's like, "That's my cell phone," and he was hiding the 380 or something like that in his cell phone pocket holder right yeah, yeah and i was like that's super clever right <laughs> i mean from a po- point of like concealment that was like and i don't understand why the police officers didn't take the cue on him stepping back and then reaching into it like they yeah because you can hear him say step back say f it yeah and then he was and then he was unloading you know and they're scrambling getting behind cover yeah uh fortunately he lived through that so yeah, and uh, that that one I don't know if you you read the uh, follow up ARP or whatever, but um, 
one of the firefighters got mag dumped by that dude. So when he initially steps back and everything, uh, the firefighter who Narcan him actually uh, passed away. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So now the police, I think one of the cops got hit. Um, I know a civilian got hit in the leg. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the firefighter, yeah, who Narcan, which is just dark irony, I guess. It is dark irony. It's a good, <laughs> good word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So trying uh, to do your job and everything goes to hell in handbasket real quick. And what you think is going to be a routine treat and take to the hospital, you're right. You know, and it just things go sideways when we least expect it. I think, and I don't know how do you play this world. You can't really play this world safe anymore. It's just be expecting the unexpected. Yeah. I. Yeah. And I think it's just sad too, where it's like, uh, even EMTs and firefighters now kind of have to worry about, now nah, not just police, but, but other first responders have to worry about, um, coming home from work. I mean, they always did, but like stuff now with like the mental health, especially here in Seattle mm-hmm. and the way that's getting ran in King County now, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a wild world. It's an interesting philosophy for, for, uh, public health that we're moving into and, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, be glad that. Well, I shouldn't even be glad because I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even be. I don't know what I should be, but I was reading about something in Chicago. They passed a bunch of new laws where now police officers can't do things. They can't respond. Uh, prosecutors can't prosecute for uh, robberies, break-ins, loitering. Yeah. Did was you that hear in about, Congress? Yeah. That they, that they want to just yeah. let everybody do whatever they want. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is going to get sporty real quick. I mean, hey, man, Seattle's not uh, too far away. Uh, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> if, if we keep going down the path we're going, we'll be right. We're going to be uh, holding hands with Chicago over the Rainbow Bridge, you know. Uh, yeah, it's great, man. I mean, drugs are already pretty much... when I was When I was leaving EMS, I remember... It's so like in the last three and a half, four months, they uh, they just passed all the like uh, no chase laws, pretty much decriminalizing heroin, heroin and meth, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going on this call, and this lady was in front of a gas station, and she had taken like I don't know what she took, some kind of paint, and she had smeared it all over her face and body and everything and it was like red paint mm-hmm. so i honestly think she just broke markers opener so but anyway we got a call for one bleeding get there it's twacked out woman red paint everywhere yeah and uh she dropped a meth pipe in the back of my ambulance we're having her sit down on my stretcher drops a meth pipe in front of the officers sitting <laughs> like i'm like kind of look down at it and i'm like do you want that and he's like throw it in your your uh, red bin I yeah. can't do anything for it. I'm like, really? He's like, you got to warn him three times now, reference him out to mental health or, or rehab, um, give him a list. And that's what he did. He came back with paperwork, gave her a list, and then they got to do that three times before they can arrest. And even though it's just a misdemeanor now. And it's, it's Yeah. Watch, watch police officers hand back user amounts of heroin. Hand it back to the person. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, so you've been an e- you've been an EMS for how long before you quit? Uh, so I was two years almost. Two years. Year and I think technically a year and eight months or something huh. like that. So just shy of two years. Um, You've probably seen a lot of 
um, narcotics overdoses and yeah, yeah, and I and I was, I mean, a year and eight months is really not that long compared to. I mean, there's dudes that have been doing it for you know their whole career. What was your what area did you work in? So I worked uh, primarily Auburn and Beerhand, oh, um, and Federway. So. Okay, that's a pretty big area. Yeah, um, spent the most amount of time in Auburn. Um, second most time was in was in Beerian, and my least favorite area was Beerian. No offense to anybody who lives in Beerian, but I think my daughter lives in uh, Beerian. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. But more <laughs> like in the rural, uh, I say rural area. Okay. Of Beerian. Okay. okay. There's yeah. a nice side to Beerian. I think that, I like to think that's where the, their house is pretty nice, and it's off yeah. the main, main area. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. So you came from a background of drug abuse. Yep. And alcohol abuse. Everything. Everything abuse. Yep. And now you have re- recovered and you're in the world now, right? Yep. Good. Um, how does that, how do you, how did, like, you know, here's the thing. is like when, when you go through these, this life of being an addict and then um, overcoming it and then getting back into the world, a lot of times you don't see the small changes that take place and other people more notice it than you do. And how does this like, how do you see yourself now versus how you were then? Man, like, it's 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 hard. Uh, that's something like my parents will say all the time, like, oh man, we're so proud of you. And- um, That's probably the most uncomfortable chair, by the way. Oh, it's, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's I drive a Toyota Corolla all the time. <laughs> like, it's pretty comfortable. Okay. Um, no, nah, I mean like my parents and, and other people, um, will say that, you know, we're proud of you. And yeah, you're right. There's a lot of ways. Um, it's easy. It's very easy to get down on myself and compare where I'm at currently to where I should be yeah. in my head, not where I've come from, but where I should be. Right. You feel and behind. Yeah. 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 I know that feeling. Um, that's, I mean, being 47 years old now and not getting like into life until I was in my thirties, like, yeah figuring out what to do, how to become uh, a solid man, you know, and, and growing into that man. I always felt like I was behind because I would see other people doing so much different things like, oh, they got a house, a boat, a cabin out and you know what I mean? And I'm like, <clears throat> man, I just I just got my first legit car, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or my first legit job, you know. I'm, I'm able to pay rent now, you know. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was like it was it was it was pleasing to see that I could do those things. But yeah, I always felt a sense of being behind for a long time, and you know, you a lot of people want that gratification. Like as soon as you, as long as soon as you feel good and recovered, you're like, okay, I'm ready to take on the big stuff. Start on, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you have to realize that it's such a slow process, but it's a process that gets accomplished it's just you got to be patient with yourself and consistency and consistency yep Yep. getting up at the same time of day no matter what going to work i still kind of suck at that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i my wife looks at me sometimes she's like i don't know how you get up at four o'clock every morning Ah. and i'm like i just do it you know um when i go hunting i'm like i have no problem even if it's not a work day i'm like i'm up i'm ready to go uh, but at the same time on weekends, I can sleep till eight o'clock, no problem, right? But it's like my brain knows this is your these are your operational hours. Be in those hours. 
I'm, I'm still working on that one, Sean. We have to we'll get there. talk about it. Yeah. It takes a little time. Yeah. I mean, I've been late. I'm not going to lie. There's times I would wake up like an hour late. And, and I used to, I remember one thing I used to do is <coughs> I used to blame my wife. <clears throat> Why didn't you set your alarm? So I'm, you know, she's like, I did. Like, I didn't hear it. And I'd get all angry, stomp out the door because I knew I had to use like sick leave or vacation to cover my time. And now I wake up late. I make sure that I have time to cover, like, a, you know, so that when I do wake up a half hour late, hour late, I just take my, I still take my time, get my stuff ready, go out the door. I'm not in a rush, even if I'm late, I get there. And it's like, it's weird how I was so impatient, you know. Man, uh, that's that's still kind of where I'm at. Yeah. With that. Be, when you, it's, I don't know what it is that makes you patient. I think it's just practice. And forcing yourself to endure things like that, um, and and maybe just shutting your mouth and thinking about it is, is is a big thing that I stop blaming you know other people like I was doing, and just take that in on yourself and be like, what can I do to make this a more peaceful transition so that when I do something that I don't like, I'm not looking to somebody else to fix it for me. Or to, or to absorb a that scape, a scapegoat, yeah, yeah. or looking yeah. or or a, a, a punching bag to take my anger out on my verbal anger, you know. So it's a it's a process, and and I believe that you'll grow into that because you just do. I think if a man hasn't done that by the time he's say fifty, then he's got deep rooted problems. Yeah, he's got some, some issues. Deeper rooted issues. <laughs> And maybe should evaluate those with us professional, <laughs> yeah. you know. A but, couple, yeah. So, you know, you did a lot of drugs while you well, you were young too, right? You were fourteen. Fourteen started eighteen when I got clean. Yeah, uh, and now you're twenty one. Mm-hmm. Okay, you were on, you're still in a better place than I was though, because you still got you got a long time to get to where you want, like, you know, to hit your target. You know, I'm like on the, I'm burning my fuse shorter than you are. So (laughs) you've got a little more time that you can organize your stuff and be in a good place. Uh, And you're in a, in a great place now. I mean, your mom and dad are totally, uh, you have like two of the best parents, I swear. Oh, absolutely. And they're, they're cool. They're, they're They're, awesome. They're really cool people, right? Um, And you just gotta, uh, you gotta love that and enjoy that through your life, you know? Uh, I think that one thing I don't do is I don't love my mom because I don't really know my mom that well. <clears throat> so for me, it's like my wife's parents are my mom and dad. You got the adopted dad. Yeah, I got yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I have a hard time forgiving my mom for. Oh like, man, dude, that's the same. Yeah. For putting me and my brother up for adoption instead of giving us to relatives to take care of, so we could stay in family and out of state custody which that pretty much ruled 18 years of my life you know see i don't i don't have that aspect like my dad my biological let me, let me clarify that for anybody listening i have a biological mother and a stepfather that raised me from like my mom was single with me till she's about i was about four mm-hmm. and then my biological father is also an addict my mother was also an addict um both of their parents my would-be grandparents that I've never met were also addicts. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, I've never had the whole state custody thing. Mm-hmm. That that 
That's a totally different battle, man. Yeah. Being with other kids that are screwed up like you is is as insane as you can imagine. Yeah, it sounds like you guys got in a lot of trouble together. Yeah, we did. A lot of parental issues and angst. Yeah, me and my brother, we we did a lot of messed up stuff to my mom's house. Like, we'd take food coloring and squirt it all over the kitchen. Oh, yeah. She's blind. She couldn't see, so... Yeah, like we figured we could get away with anything, you know. But somehow she'd figure it out eventually, you know. Yeah, someone comes over and... Yeah. Hey, Mary, did you know you have a brown kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So when you mix all those colors together, oh, you get man. brown. <coughs> ah. So, I mean, like being a paramedic, though, I mean, have you... Like when you see people that are going through this stuff, you know, like, does it, like... I mean, was, is it, how sobering is it to, like, see that and be like... I think that's kind of why I had to had to take a break from it, is because, yeah. um, I mean, at first, everything's kind of overwhelming with the job, because you're, you're realizing there's this whole other aspect to, like, just how people live. Right. Like, take the drugs out, take the, uh, all that, you know, extra stuff out, just put in the cultural piece, like, you start realizing how different people live from you and that you have to find like grace in there um and it's still be help learn how to be helpful in the situations even if they can't fully understand you or you don't understand them right um not even just language but so many different cultural diversities that it's it's, i know what you mean yeah Yeah. thought processes i'm like where did that come from yeah like okay um and then start throwing the rest in there the stuff that i've personal experience with and uh yeah, man, there's a big, big uh, trigger warning, should you, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've had all the substances I used um, in my, in the back of the ambulance, you know. And it's like in the moment, goes to your head, addict brain is like, well, this person's not really conscious. So I could just take this and <laughs> go do it in the bathroom and no one would know. Right, right. It's but like, you're like, yeah. Yeah. There's, 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 I can see how that'd be hard on you. Like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of temptation there. And it was also kind of <laughs> weird, like, um, the system I got in place for that. Cause it was like, I would just kind of, um, internalize that for a while where it's <laughs> like, I'd see, you know, I, so, you know, something, something wrapped up in tinfoil on the floor and I'd just manhandle it in, internally and throw it in the garbage and not say anything to anyone. Yeah. And, you know, I'd pat myself on the back or whatever, but it got to a point where it's like, I realized how much more anxiety that gave me not telling anybody because mm. I still felt like I did something wrong. I don't know right. why, but I just had like this. Because you did it inside in your head. You went through yeah. the whole process in your head of, of taking flame to it. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, I get I, it. so I got a regular partner after my first three months on the job and I had him for about nine months. Nolan, uh, he's a pastor's son. And uh, he's actually now Pierce County uh, uh, deputy. So. Oh, okay. Um, but he uh, told him, I'm like, hey, anytime I run across anything, I'm going to go ahead and run up to the front real quick and just basically throw it up there. He's yeah. like, I, I don't, you know, uh, share the burden, right? So he he started throwing away everything for me when I found it for the most part. And 
and he he's the, I'm the reason he knows what drug paraphernalia is now. These police officers, <laughs> I, I've, I had a lot of explaining. To do they, yeah, a lot of them probably never seen some of the paraphernalia that gets used or how it can be MacGyvered, you know? So, like, you can turn a... I saw a guy smoke weed out of a cheeseburger on YouTube, but I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so yeah, how do you spot that one, you know? It's like, well, I'm like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I no one, my burger. Leave me alone. No one's like, they... Put that in their mouth and smoke it. Like, yeah, man. Really? Yeah. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pastor's son. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. I remember one specific time where we had a drug dealer overdosed, and his his crap was all in the back of our ambulance. And the cops didn't didn't search it and take it, so we had to hang on to it till they came. And I had like a little drug drug education class. I was like, this, right this there is what, in the back yeah, of the- <laughs> yeah, this, this is what this looks Get like. Get around, folks. Let yeah. me show you what this is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's pretty, yeah, good times. But, uh, yeah, no, going back to, like, running into people, uh, situation, especially overdoses, man, like, um, and overdoses that don't have the, um, desired outcome mm-hmm. were, I'd, Probably six or seven of those where I showed up and it was uh, pretty apparent that there was nothing we were gonna do that was gonna gonna help the situation. Yeah. Um. And that's sobering. Yeah. For sure. Um. It brings it back to there's like one part of you that that was like, man, okay, that could be me. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm the one showing up to the nine one call. Nine one one call, not making. Not it. the one in. Yeah. The- hotel room yeah blue you know and, and that's good because um you got to think you're there for a purpose right and i believe that god puts us in a, a place in this world for a reason and maybe that time period that you had to work in ems was to like sober your mind and say look this was this could have been your outlook right and to maybe put enough initiative in you that now when you see things like paraphernalia or drugs laying around you can remember that experience and be like I'd never want to be the guy on the gurney oh it's yeah I mean anytime now like post EMS life um, I mean I have just this you know I have a little horror film that plays through my head of like okay that's why we're not doing that (laughs) you know like I have reference photos and images and as as tempting as, as like I remember like I would try to quit and then it was so easy to just fall back into it. I'll just do a little bit and then see how that goes, you know, and then next thing you know, you're full on back where you were. Yeah. And uh, it's like you, at some point you just cut it off, right? You just, I, I don't even know how I, how I was able to quit Coke and meth the way I did, but. So so I'm curious about that. So were yeah. you either like go to the bar and then hit a dealer up or something or is it just the friend group or? Uh, we had, I had a friend who was like my neighbor okay and so he would get it from some mexicans <laughs> checks out okay. and, <laughs> and so at the time i was working uh maintenance at an apartment complex and okay. so i knew everybody and so uh, i knew where to get drugs if i needed them right so it wasn't a, it was a, it wasn't a problem at all it was just at first, you know, I just smoked weed, and I thought, oh, I'll just keep it casual. Then the next thing you know, one of your buddies like, hey, do you want to try some meth? And I'm like, hmm. Sure. <laughs> well, keep you up all night, you know, because at the same time, I was working in security, too, so I worked. Like, oh, jeez. 
I would work some nights. I'd work like from uh, nine o'clock to four, uh, six in the morning. Oh. And so I knew George was always awake. <laughs> George with the meth. George with the meth was always awake. He playing Nintendo or whatever it was back then, and we'd play like Akari Warriors, all geeked out, and you know it was just what we did, right? And then I just lost so much weight doing it, and just my family life went the heck, and I did. People was like, dude, he's looking kind of skinny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't been eating well. Eating well kind of meant eating at all. Oh, no, you're not eating yeah. meth. There's oh, food? Yeah. It sucked. Um, yeah. And so finally, I think I just, I got out of that. And we ended up moving to like Lake Stevens. But I was still doing coke every once in a while. And there was one year where I did it just a ton. I just, I found a solid dealer in Snohomish and oh there you go and I just you know good deals threw away your life 60 80 bucks at a time yeah 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 80 bucks at a time man and then um it was like uh I was at that time oh towards the end of that I was going through my divorce and that was when I was like you know what I this is an opportunity for me to really clean my life up and start normal again and Part of my drug use was because I was in such a, I was such a disappointment to my marriage that I just, I couldn't help but to numb it out. Cope it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a coping method for just my failures. And it just didn't, it, I know now that that wasn't the way to cope with your failures, but I didn't know anything else. I mean, I really didn't have like much of a support group back then. It was, um, and all my friends were, you know, druggies. So everybody I worked with at the company that I worked with all we did was smoke weed and do drugs and drink yep you know so it was it was just that was the culture I was in at the time this yeah. is how you deal with your problems yeah this is yeah. what we do we we go yeah. to the bar and we don't get home till two in the morning you know yeah so that was man that was a it was a big challenge but and it was weird because uh that was I didn't have a problem with quitting coke because I just fell back on weed for a while yeah. And it was yeah. fine. And then uh, when I met my wife, we did weed together for a long time. And then finally, when we started going to church, and that started changing us, and we started changing with our habits and recognizing ourselves is like, we got to like stop. It's time for us to grow up. Yep. You know, it's just time to, it's time for me to, to be a husband and a and a father and a man and just start doing life like that and I didn't really look back I mean I she's like you know what you know if you really want to quit just flush that stuff down the toilet and I'm holding like a huge bag of weed you know I'm like I don't want to do this right <laughs> it's just the, the thought of flushing weed down the toilet to me was so sacrilegious that I was like can't we do something else nope just flush it down the toilet I was like all right so the weed goes down the toilet and never smoked weed again. And so, so, so how long ago was that? <clears throat> that I'm was curious now. probably like a 2012. Okay, so it's been 10 years. Yeah, it's been 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, and it's weird as I, you know, I've I firmly believe the Lord worked in a way that we couldn't do this on our own. It, it was so supernatural because my wife she was struggling with um, painkillers and stuff at the same time i didn't know about it like it was something oh no really yeah and okay because i was working second shift and it was a way for her 
maybe just coping with not me not being there. And I didn't know about it. And when she did tell me about it, like, I didn't even like get mad. I was like, I don't know how to react to this because I myself have known how many crappy things I've done in my life. Who am I to like make yeah. her feel bad for this? But you know, she obviously confessed to me that she was doing it. So I have to have grace for her for, for whatever she's done. And I just couldn't be mad. Like there was just no angry bone in my body at the time. And I was just willing to let it go, you know, and doing that, she was really worried about because she was getting drugs from people that she worked with and stuff and she was really worried about working around those people what was she doing for work at the time she was doing the same thing she's doing now is bartending at applebee's okay yeah that's a good way to get drugs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah bartender okay. bartender yeah. yeah so and it was amazing that during the transition of her like detoxing and stuff like she didn't get sick she was able to work and somehow people that she was worried about seeing like never showed up wow okay and it was weird man like uh, she could tell you about it it was just like i said it was so supernatural it was like god was pushing everybody out of our lives and we had uh, nothing but forward to go i I think so when you say like i get god's pushing people out of your life and stuff so that that rings a tone for me um as well maybe not i did i'd say no a lot more yeah um i definitely had friends air quote air quote for everybody who can't see my hands uh air quote friends but um that would hey man come on you know actually driving here so there's the old like farm road back there coming up to marysville when you hop off uh i think it's was it wenatchee it's like 20th street exit yeah right there yeah it's like under the underpass and then you go over and there's like the farm roads right that's so the first neighborhood at the end of that road uh-huh is where one of my good buddies who's dead now um his parents lived and I'd go pick him up there. We drive to Everett to go pick up drugs. Huh. So I was like driving here. I was like, Oh, shit. like <laughs> I haven't been on this road in like three, three and a half yeah, years. Hearts raised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she goes to his parents. Yeah. He didn't anything in his bedroom. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it's still the same, same, same as he left it. That's but, um, crazy. I remember we used to drive all the way up to like, uh, Indian John Hill to go pick up drugs. And we I don't even know where that is. Now. Up on the, highway two it's like a, oh, okay. a rest stop okay. up there and i remember we got pulled over by the um we got pulled over by the sheriff's department i don't know how we got pulled over by the sheriff's department not watch state patrol but we're both just sitting in this red trans am and we're like we have nothing on us <laughs> Thank God. But they're <laughs> looking for drugs for some reason, you know. And and we're just like sweating bullets. But we're like, why are we sweating bullets? We got nothing on us, you know. So I got pulled over. I've been pulled over twice in the last three months. Uh-huh. And both times. This is three years clean almost. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing on your record. Nothing on my record. I have no record since I was an adult. Okay. I have juvenile stuff, technically. Right. Um EMT deal with police officers all the time, and I was having a panic attack both times. Like, <laughs> I'm like looking around, like, oh, there's nothing in the cup. Okay, I'm like, oh, wait, dude, I don't. It's like you, you re- retard back to those like oh, old yeah. pantomimes and stuff that uh, when your fear gets engaged, right? I uh, and now I get a little bit tight too when I get pulled over. I haven't been pulled over in a long time, but the last time I did get pulled over, it was like 
it was weird, man, because, like, I haven't had a speeding ticket, a traffic ticket, anything like that ever since I sobered up, right? Like, now I drive a truck, so I'm oh, slow, geez. right? I'm not speeding around, right? But I was going a little bit fast on Muckleteal Speedway once, and I get pulled over, <clears throat> and this guy's like, <clears throat> does the whole license registration, comes back, he goes, hey, man, so you don't have any, anything on your record for the last seven years. I'm not going to ruin your day today. See, there's good police officer. Yeah, there's good. Yeah. See, my my so for my background investigator, if he listens to this, um, <laughs> let me just be clear. I have not used drugs or alcohol in an addictive way for about three years. Let me just clarify that before that's, I say this. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I got pulled over recently, uh, and the cop rolled up. It was like right outside of Dirtfish. For anybody who knows, some call me is like Mount Sai High School. There's a, the road, main road right there, turns from 35 to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got pulled over. Officer comes up. Hey, you're doing five over um, license registration. He goes back, comes back, writes me up for five over, which I'm kind of like, come on, man. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit chancy, but and he, he, it's Snoqualmie, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. State Patrol and Snoqualmie PD. No, no offense. You guys are awesome. I would love to apply to your department if you're, if you're listening. But um, yeah, five miles over and. Comes back and he's like, "What? Did you just get off work?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you work up at the race school thing?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh yeah, I pulled a bunch of you guys over." I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'm sure." And uh, he's like, "What are you doing the rest of your day?" I was like, "Actually, I'm going to do uh, online testing for Seattle Police Police Department." He's like, "Why didn't you say something before I? I would have just gave you a warning." I'm like, "Oh really?" <laughs> And you take it back now? You right. take it back. He's like, actually, it's got copies. Yeah. There's a number to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, next time. You got to. Well, I guess there won't be a next time. But. Ah, no, dude. I'm going. Like, How do you feel you yeah. did on that test? Uh, so funny story. I got to the test and one I had rescheduled that day to the next like Thursday or something. Yeah, and. uh then I got there and they had technical difficulties, so now I've rescheduled it for this is time number two. So, oh, wow. so but the initial testing, like all the pre paperwork, and I test to not doing felonious stuff in the last since I was eighteen or whatever. Right. Um, went well. Wrote them a little blurb. Did the uh, initial like I don't know. It's like cognitive. Make sure you can read and write. Sure, that's you important. Know. Yeah. So. I don't know. I've got like the scenario-based testing stuff, which kind of freaks me out a little bit. But oh, okay. Yeah. Is that a ri- like a written thing where you read? Uh... No. So they, apparently they have like. It's not. I don't. Know, I think I'm, I think I'm okay knowing this. I don't know. My one of my friends told me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it like shows a short video clip. Oh, okay. And then can't watch it again, but it gives you like reactions. Oh, okay. So, so you gotta like pick up all the stuff on it. Yeah. So it's like how you like short term memory stuff. Yeah, I think they they're just checking to make sure you're not going to shoot people every yeah. time you get scared. So just just say no <laughs> shoot <laughs> every time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's another. I'm not going to talk about it on here because I don't. I don't. Again, background investigator. Your testing's wonderful. I liked all, every question you had on there. But um, they have a um, shall we say a woke temperature check. For Seattle Police Department, which was kind of, I just hit the, there's a strongly agree, strongly disagree, and then like agree, disagree, and then the neutral. And let's just say for like 50 questions, I was just hitting the neutral button. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wow. have nothing to say about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, 
Yeah. So, um, anyway, going back to <coughs> got, got in the weeds there a little bit. But. Yeah, it's okay. We get in the weeds. We get out of the weeds. Yeah. So how do you like working with dirt fish? What's that? Tell me Dude, what, what you do. So I'm, um, yeah, I went from an EMT to being a course tech at Dirtfish, okay. uh, which is awesome. Dirt, dirt, dirt around. And yeah, so I, basically we handle, uh, um, if anybody's been to Dirtfish, we have gravel roads all over the property. It's like a 400-acre property, like 371 or something, mm-hmm. and uh, um, maintain the course. So gravel, all that, compacting it, watering it, so keep dust down. And then the tractor guys, which my uncle Blake is the manager for that department now, he wasn't when I started, mm-hmm. but uh, he is now. Um, they run the blades and boxes and all the heavy equipment. Oh, okay. Move material and everything. And then wall class is going. I'm the guy who's going around and picking up your cones. So I'm like the low, low man on the photo. <laughs> started somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. It's awesome, though, man. Oh, well, just being in that scenario, in that field, it's going to be fun because, uh, I mean, you, you start low and you stick with it long enough, pretty soon you'll be... One of the guys sitting in the car driving around, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be one of those guys. Come on, Gosh, I, it's isn't that cool. fun? Yeah, no. Look, no are you drifting around gravel roads? I've gotten to do that. They they throw you in classes and stuff. Um, that's cool. That's been cool. Um, yeah. What's the, what's the best car they got there? I so I mean, there's the BRZs, the wheel rear. I can't say the word rear. Don't judge me. Rear wheel drive BRZs, and then you have the STIs, all wheel drive. I like the STIs more. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you can get more speed, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people like BRZs because you, you know, rear wheel you're going sideways more. Right. But uh, I don't know. If you go, I think you should do all wheel. It's a good time. But yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, if you put me in a little car, I'll have too much fun though. I'll roll that thing. Knock on wood. Dirtfish in the t- 2010, 12 years it's operated, has had no major injuries wow which i'm for a freaking rally school is pretty crazy i think yeah with with concrete barriers everywhere and trees like it's not like a racetrack like with a you know fence or anything it's like there's a tree right there right Uh, it's like uh rally yeah it's 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 a course yeah it's a a very legit course um yeah when they told me that i was like really they didn't make their (laughs) own video game yeah, uh, so no, they're featured in Dirt 2. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I it, thought I saw something like that in yeah. in a game I played in, I think it was Dirt. Yep. They yeah. had something in there, some advertising for it. Yep, yeah, and the old, so the warehouser property that Dirtfish is now on, uh, or has been on since its inception, um, is the largest lumber mill in America at one point, back in like 1917, 1918. Uh, the lumber mill that used to be there rebuilt a lot of Europe after the war. The wood from, oh yeah, Cascade okay. Lumber Company owned it. Owned it. I think Warehouser is part of Cascade. Anyway, yeah, pretty cool history. They have a giant. The property used to be like a small town. Okay. Um, and there's the planer building is what we call it. If anybody's been to Dirtfish, giant planer building. Um, supposedly it's the largest freestanding wood structure in North America. Um, it's, just, I mean, it's massive. Like a giant barn. Uh, essentially, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, and it's got like the old uh, railroad tracks through it. Oh, okay. Used to, like railroad logs in there, and yeah, yeah, had an eleven foot cutting saw. Would, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. So. Lumber mills are cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, they're they're historically cool. You know, you, you go to all these towns and they they show you all their, you know, like go out east and stuff and you see old lumbered things that are just being torn up and you're like, man, the times are changing, you know. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They need to start planting some carbon fiber trees now so we can <laughs> start harvesting carbon fiber now. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I was digging around the property the other day and you're not supposed to go into this part of the property, but there's a uh, giant smokestack essentially. It's attached, I think it used to be, it's the power plant for the mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these run off like coal or wood power. Oh, I'd imagine coal or something like yeah. that. And uh, then they did hydroelectric, I believe, at one point. Uh, anyway, got abandoned in the 90s, but it had been in operation since, like, 1917. Oh. Um, so pretty cool. But uh, I was digging around in there, man. Like, it is so cool. There's these giant generators and stuff. It's all sitting there. Yeah. Like, it's a fenced-off area. But When I worked down in Renton um, on Coulon Beach, there's yeah. a, there's a old, there was an old... Uh, I think it was a steam power plant right off the beach that was being demolished while we were building this apartment complex. Yeah. And we went in there to check it out because they hadn't closed it off for demolition yet. Yeah. So we went in there and we were checking it out and just seeing the, like, the old, old history of that building. I mean, the big turbines in there and the just like you look at one of the wrenches that they would use. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, dude, they're just... <laughs> Two-handed, you know, you know, eight-inch, you know. Looks like you nuts. had two guys hanging off one. Oh yeah, and then they had like <laughs> these spools of wire still in them, right? And the the spools were like uh, rubber coated on the outside, and then wood. It looked like wood really? on the in, on the inner core to insulate. Yeah, and then like oh, one copper. Cool. I don't know if it was wood or styrofoam or some kind of foam, but it, it looked like wood. Yeah, some crazy old... Yeah, and I was like, how do you do that? Like, what is that material? Because if it's wood, you would think that it would burn, right? Yeah. If it if it got hot, right? Too much power. Yeah. And there's one strand of solid copper in the middle. That's crazy. Yeah. Good thing it, the crackheads haven't found that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was in there... That and, would be a workout. You'd see, like, oh. a bunch of healthy crackheads if they stripped that wire. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I was in that power building and... I uh, was just looking around, all old wiring still in there. I mean, it's like probably probably miles of wiring in yeah. there still, and all over the place, hanging down. And yeah, it's a cool building, cool old stuff. But um, but yeah, no, Dirtfish's been a good. I don't know my my uh, shift lead the other day is like Brandon. He's like, uh, cause I've told him a lot of the EMS stories, and some I won't go into on here because I don't, I don't, I don't know. But um, dead kids don't don't tend to be good content good for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh he's like dude isn't this so much more relaxing like you're just picking up cones and <laughs> drinking beer with the boys after work and like yeah this is, this is a lot simpler yeah <laughs> but, I, uh, I i have a very good um respect for keeping things simple now oh man you know it's just the world is complicated enough the more you can simplify it for yourself the easier it is to filter out all the other stuff right like that's one thing that i've i think getting a little bit older and wiser i've learned to just you know stay in my own lane you know and yeah. and not let everything in the world bug me so much with like politics yeah uh, and it just seems like it's it's such a futile argument to have with myself in the sense that 
I know how I feel, but why am I arguing myself about it? As if, as if I'm seeing both sides of the conversation, but yet I still want to argue. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, I, I want to, like, create something. Obsess. Obsess about yeah. it and, yep. and create a, a problem that I already know I disagree with, so why, <laughs> why just not let it go, right? Because nothing's going to change for the good too much in the future, I don't think. Like, politics are going no. super downhill. Um, and it's just, I, I see no relief. I don't see anything, I don't see much get better. Like, I don't want to look, I hate to look at it negatively. Only thing that I know will get better is me, <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like the only thing I can control is me. So I'm the only thing that I can see getting better at dealing with this stuff. You're the only variable in that scenario. It's yeah. Can cha- you can change. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's stuff I can change. And I, I'm glad I can see that. I'm glad that I can see not getting wrapped up in stuff so bad because it's a headache, you know? Dude, at 21, like, I'll, I'll have the thought about that. Um, it's so hard because you get caught up in the moment. Anything. Right. You turn on, like, some YouTube thing and some guy's going off about gun control and you're like, that's ah. the guy right there. That's what's he's talking about. It. Let's go, you know, and you're yep. just jacked up. And then at the end, you're left with this headache. Like, oh, man. I just wasted my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've stopped arguing with people. Good. About gun control. That's that's yeah. That's one. Thank God I still have my gun rights. But um. Yeah. I sh- I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. But uh. Don't say that. <laughs> ATF might be looking into that. Oh, don't. You said the three. You're not supposed to say that three letter acronym. Oh. ATF. Well. AFT. AFT. Yeah. I I just hope I hope they do something about that thing. Ah. Let's not talk about it. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, shit. I'm going to do it. How many rabbit holes I'm on I'm going to uh, do it. I'm going to do it. We're going to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I stopped arguing with people about gun control because I'm like, you know what? Why don't you come shoot with me? Yeah. Come shooting. Yeah. If you don't, if you, you know, if you're willing to come shoot and see both sides of it, cool. If you don't like it afterwards, still, hey, I can't, you know, I can't, I'm not going to try to change your mind, but just come see the other side of it. I, I, I read something. Uh, some guy invited some democratic people to come shooting with him just to give him the experience or oh no you know what it wasn't that he was at a gun class and there were some democratic people there who believe in self-defense yep and i think that that is a good thing for the left to see is that it's not just us it's everybody wants to be safe everybody wants to be able to protect themselves yeah, you know, it, you just can't pigeonhole people like that and expect us to fall in in a in a, in a category of just right wing or conservative people want to have guns. It's I think everybody wants, even if it's a gun, if it's a knife, if it's pepper spray or mm. whatever, everybody wants to be able to protect themselves. You know, yeah, it's it's a yeah. human thing, right? When somebody puts their hand over your mouth. And you can't breathe. Your natural reaction is to fight for your life, right? Yep. So when so many, <laughs> I like this. It's feeling weird. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, is they look at their, uh, they look at people as if we're just supposed to be, we're just supposed to allow people to just suffocate us to death. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something with crime rising and and pe- I mean even if you don't have a personal experience with with. You know, getting mugged or something. Like you probably that. need you, one then. So I mean, yeah, but you just look on the internet, man. Like you don't have to look at Chicago. Go look yeah. at 
our our state. Oh yeah, go walk oh, down Seattle. Go go down yeah. to the. Go down to the Rainier District and yeah. take a stroll down there and tell me you don't want to buy a gun after leaving that place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I have um, several friends who are in, like, 12-step and everything that were pretty mm, pretty blue and uh, pandemic hit. And, man, mm-hmm. like, they're asking, hey, so uh kind of shotgun should I should I buy? <laughs> like, in this, like, price range here, like, uh, you know, 870 Mossberg, you know, yeah. five Mossberg 500, Remington 870. Like, you know, and they're starting to ask more questions in YouTube, and I'm like, good, man. Like, yeah. good for you. That's but, good. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't know who, who I'm speaking to on this matter. I think I'm speaking to everybody on this matter, but... Like I said, like if you haven't, like we were talking about, if you haven't had that kind of experience where you felt needed to protect yourself, mm. it's most likely only a matter of time before you something like that might happen, and it might not even be a person. It might be you might be out in the woods, you might be hiking, and and some cat comes across you and wants to oh, man, eat you yeah. for breakfast. You know. Um, I mean, it's yeah, not I being mean, an outdoors person. I could see that being more likely of that happening to me before, you know, getting mugged or something. Before yeah. getting mugged because I tend to be outdoors more than I'm by the crackheads. Yeah. By the crackheads. Yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Don't take a gun anywhere you feel like you would need, or don't go anywhere you feel like you need to take yeah. a gun. Most like, of those situations are avoidable. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. you know, with that in mind, you know, use your common sense, right? I think that's a, a huge loss these days is common sense. It's like everybody wants to oh, be man. guided, right? Like how many people do you know, you, you ask them a question and they're just blank before they come up with a stupid answer. Yeah, how many, yeah. I, yeah, dude, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I get into so many things on that. I, I had a, the girl I'm dating currently, um, uh, when we first started our... Is this the same girl that went sh- to the property? No. Oh, so, so that yes. was Yeah, that we we kind of ended things and... Was that after you made her shoot a gun? Uh, no, that wasn't <laughs> her first time. I mean, she knew she knew what she was signing up for oh, okay. in the beginning. Uh, well, okay, with that with that in regard, she was there through with me. Uh, so my ex-girlfriend was there for... With, her name is, is Megan. I was there for the majority of my drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually detoxed it. Her house. She was the one oh, okay. dragging me to the bathtub, like after I, I uh, defecated and peed myself in her bed and changing the sheets, washing me off. You know, was she a user too? She never got into the stuff I was oh, doing. Okay. Um, she definitely had. I, I don't think she was ever. I won't speak for her on that fully. Um, but there's there's definitely levels to to everybody's experience. Not to devalue anybody or their experience, but she. Her and I, her, the way we used was very different. Um, and she didn't drop off the bus till after I got clean. And okay. she, even when, when that happened, it wasn't, was not anywhere near what I put her through. So yeah. it was more of a phone call and a, I feel bad, so bad I did this, you know, whereas I was a, where's Anthony? Like for two, <laughs> three days, like hunt me down. You know, my sister and mom have a story about chasing me around downtown Kirkland for six Six hours. Wow. Left rehab. Oh, you just bounced out. Bounced out out yeah. of a, out of a meeting in Kirkland. Mm-hmm. Went and got drunk, and uh, yeah, there's a cops are looking for. Yeah, it was a whole. 
Yeah. Was that the one where they came to your house and? No. So that, oh, okay. Because I I remember Josh talking. telling me about. Yeah. And he's like, all I saw was a knocking on the door, so I grabbed my gun and it's the cops. I'm like, oh my god, I got to put my gun away. Yeah. So that was a that was a fun one. I can talk about that one now. I couldn't. Okay. That that one. I honestly felt embarrassed talking about that one until probably like three six months ago. Really? But yeah. I felt so. I feel so bad about that. So I got. Uh, all right, well, if we're going to hop into all that, we kind of got to rewind to sure. precipitation of Take events. Take me in your time machine. Let's go. All right, so, yeah, started messing around with stuff when I was 14. I had a girlfriend back then that uh, was, like, my first girlfriend, um, sneaking out every night to go hang out with her for the summer. Mm-hmm. And she had an older brother that was living in a house in the same neighborhood as mine, and he was living with a bunch of dudes. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to, through her was like pills and stuff. And then through them, it was uh, harder stuff mm-hmm. that they were doing. Um, and I, I, I lied about my age then too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said I was like 17, I was 14. And I mean, 17. I'm like almost great. old enough yeah. to do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's an age. Where's the sticker on that baggie for the age limit? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and they let me. I don't know. Yeah, they were they were just as lost as right. anybody else. So, um, yeah. So that's all that started. Uh, I I was kind of always like a large periods of time, not doing things person, um, or if I was, it was like I was getting really stoned or really drunk. Um, but I'd stay away from harder stuff, and then I would like I'd almost like guilt trip my way through staying off of it oh okay and then i would have usually towards the summer winter time like the end of summer i would always kind of relapse on it and stuff didn't really blow up really bad till i was about 17 mm-hmm. um and i think we've we've talked i mean you know the whole story with that the, i know bits yeah. and pieces yeah. okay so uh i wanted to join the marine corps i thought that'd fix my problems mm-hmm. um and so I enlisted when I was 17, mom, dad signed, blah, 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 and uh, did delayed entry for seven months, seven, eight months. And um, what does that mean? So delayed entry program for the Marine Corps, I think the Army has it too, but the Marine Corps basically says uh, you can sign up when you're 17. Oh. You have to have 21 college credits or high school diploma to sign up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had taken running start and somehow gotten like 23 credits and so they let me sign up and everything and um to be clear you you have to have a high school diploma or those college credits to ship to boot camp oh okay so i had all that i was also 135 pounds so they were not going to send me to boot camp at you know five foot nine 135 pounds to marine corps boot camp so they had me i think it was like 140 actually yeah they, so, you, had, you had to put on weight yeah so i ended up they over seven months i put i was like 163 okay so i got pretty big for my frame uh-huh. um yeah because they're gonna work all that off you yeah oh, it's gonna go yeah. yeah especially for me they can't have you just like dying out there and like, you have no yeah nothing to survive off of oh you know, man because they're gonna work the death out of you yeah and like the first time i did a pt with them it was like I couldn't move when you're done. I was like, in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to kill this. Blah, blah. I'm going to go to, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it wasn't a reality. <laughs> yeah, the running I could do because I did track and, you know, varsity track and varsity cross country or whatever, but. Oh, yeah, that's one yeah. thing I can't do is run anymore. It's, 
I get shin splints oh. like crazy, man. My lungs now, my lungs are not good. You still vape? Yeah, uh, I know. I quit cigarettes finally. Yeah. When I when I quit EMS, that's about when I stopped smoking. Yeah, I I switched over to these and I don't regret it. Zen. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my bio dad does, and he's I don't know. I gotta I probably should do that at some point. It's cleans your lungs up. You know. Do they feel heavy, like wet? Sometimes, Ooh. like just like popcorn lung. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be <laughs> like good old popcorn. They're saturated in oils. I don't know, man. I smoked <laughs> heroin. And it was what is off <laughs> tin foil. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, I I thought it was disgusting about vaping. So I'd see like I'd have like a white hat or something, and I'd wear it for a while, and then I just take it off and look the at yellow. it, and it's all yellowy brown. I'm yeah. like, that's just not clean yeah so i would started sobering up the idea of maybe this isn't wasn't the best alternative to smoking you know it got me off cigarettes you know but it still was like the next step you know right so i don't i don't know i think that's my next like the things on my list right now for working on are quitting nicotine at least stepping down a little bit yeah um, not having it be a coping mechanism, and then um, gym more. Mm-hmm. I've gained 15 pounds in the last two months, which I don't look like it, but but that I feel a lot better now. And um, but yeah, so anyway, so let's get to the uh, Marine Corps. Okay, so yeah, Marine Corps stuff starting starting to roll with that, and like so when I went in, oh man, okay. So when I went in for the Marine Corps, there's the standard questions of like, uh, hey, did you do drugs? And hey, did you ever blah, 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 have any run-ins with police? Which by the age of 17, like, um, I didn't have any charges yet, Mm -hmm. but my name, like when I go through my background stuff with SPD, there's probably 30 to 40 police reports Mm. um, with my name attached to them. Um, Good and bad capacities. So... uh, I also, I'm, I'm a black cloud. I've been a witness to a lot of stuff, um, just randomly out in public. But, um, yeah. So anyway, did all the questioning with them. I just went clean with the recruiters, mm-hmm. uh, and told them everything. Yeah. And so their solution for that, and my mom can attest to this one was, uh, um, they call it a, uh, well, I'm not going to use the actual term, but you're a station, station, uh, B word. So they they basically babysit you. Babysit you. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So you're there from nine to five, so to speak, or seven a.m. to nine p.m. for them. Um, while it, this is your first, while you're while you first shift starting it. to enlist. So I'm okay. technically not a active duty marine, uh, and I never was to be clear. Clear, okay. clear for that with everybody. Um, but yeah, so so I got babysat by them by my recruiter and the gunnery sergeant. Um, I'm not gonna use their names because they did some shady stuff for me, and uh, yeah, uh, and I think like Gunny's still in, and my staff sergeant, who is my recruiter, is, is out now. But um, yeah, Gunnery Sergeant's still in. Uh, they were awesome. Babysat me, kept me out of trouble, fed me, tortured me with PT, and mm-hmm. just all the nine yards, whatever. So I got several ship dates. Um, two of them, I ended up having. But the doctor at MEPS was like, oh, you've got a heart murmur. Went to a cardiologist. I don't know why he says you have a heart murmur. So got that waiver done. Okay, mm-hmm. next one is scar tissue on my leg from um, from cutting as a kid um, that I lied about. 
because I didn't want to say that because I yeah. got told not to say that. You don't want to be a mental case. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, got the waiver for that. Um, or no, I didn't. I didn't get anyway. Long story short, they want me to do like a psyche valve. Did the psyche valve while I was in the process of doing the psyche valve. Um, one of my buddies was shipping, and he wanted to go to a party before he shipped out of boot camp. Right. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, cool, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a week away. Blah blah blah. Um, and I'll keep his name out of it too because he's a lawyer in the Marine Corps now. Actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, he found a party. I actually got invited by by a girl from middle school. I knew got invited to this party out in Woodenville. At the time, I did not know how big the party was going to be, that it was like an Airbnb and not somebody's house. Mm. Um, so we show up to this thing, and I'll try to abbreviate this so I don't take up too much time here. But long story short, um, they had bouncers. So there's like big old house, and then there's a creek in the front yard, essentially. There's a little bridge that goes over this creek. Oh, okay. So it's like a choke point. Bouncers on the bridge. Yeah, so there's bouncers, and the bouncers are like, what and I, I don't care about names of this because anyway, uh, Juanita High School's football team were the <laughs> yeah, and so like half the guys were like currently seniors at Juanita, and the other half were like guys that were coming back from college for winter break. Right. Um, so, oh, this is that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a fun one, and I'll, I'll I'll keep it somewhat PG, but um, they uh, yeah, it was pretty graphic. Graphic event. So, long story short, friends still, show up. We go in. carry a knife on you? Uh, I just recently started carrying a knife again um, because I was terrified of doing that for a while. Uh, I carried pepper spray like a woman. So, <laughs> OC, Palm OC spray. It's great stuff. Um, carried that. It was an EMT, too. Um, yeah. So, long story short, uh, one of my friends had a couple drinks, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of weird. Everybody knows how high school parties go. Everybody goes to their group, and then it kind of... Nobody really intermingles. All right. So, uh, the guy throwing the party um, had like a hole in his cheek, mm-hmm. straight up. Like, I, like when we went in, like a surgical hole or no, like a raw, like sore? a raw, like tooth popped through the side of his cheek. Like got punched and yeah. Okay. So I started talking to him. Like, hey man, what happened to your face? <laughs> what happened yeah. to your face? You have a hole in your like <laughs> tiny hole. Yeah. Like it's not massive, but small hole in your face. Right. It's abnormal. And uh, like, oh, yeah, my co-host bounced my face off the he- the wood headboard in the other bedroom. I was like, oh. Just recently, like, at that party? Yeah, before oh, okay. it started. It started oh, at 7. Wow. He's like, oh, it's happening at, like, 6. I was like, okay. Well, let's go clean that up because he's got blood all over his shirt and just, right. you know, he's, dr- he's very intoxicated and doesn't seem to care. But I'm like, dude, you know. It's kind of gross. You should probably. Yeah. Uh, so I do that. And I'm like, who did that? T- tells me a name. That name will come up later in, in court and everything. Uh, yeah, should have been a big indicator. Like, hey, co-host threw his buddy's face against the headboard. Uh, it's not good. So anyway, uh, he's like, hey, man, I can't get suction on my bong. Can you run to the store and get us backwoods to smoke weed? Uh-huh. Because apparently with... With a hole in your face, you can't. I get, yeah, so... I can see how that could be a challenge. Yeah. You're just sucking through a straw at the side of your face. Yeah. Why don't you just tell him to put the bong I, right there? I don't know. The bong on the Close side your of mouth face. and just... <laughs> yeah. But uh, got to ask you to get backwards. I'm not 18 at this point. I'm 17. So I yell out to the... Par- and this is before the law changed. Mm-hmm. So I yell out into the party. I'm like, hey, 
does anybody who's 18 want to go to the gas station with us? Like two dudes raise their hand, like two random dudes. So they hop in with my buddy, two buddies from the Marine Corps, uh, and then their like friend who's working Jiffy Lube or something. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the, the shell station, grab the stuff, come back, and then this is where stuff starts to kind of get sideways. So I walk up. Bouncers at the beginning of the party, they marked everybody's hand, right? Mm-hmm. So we're starting to walk across this bridge, and he had marked, when I first came in, marked my left hand. Um, so they're checking marks. There's like a, just to describe what kind of party this was for you. Uh, so there's $10 for entry um, for men, unless you brought a girl, then it would be five. Um, so they half price for bring a girl. Um, what a discount. Yeah, what a discount, right? Girls get in for free. Yeah. And uh, so sexist. Um, so, yeah. Those days are over. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this dude grabs my right hand. And he's like three inches shorter than me, but he's very built. Mm-hmm. Squat little guy. Turns out he's a quarterback for uh, for Wanya High School, and he's now in college on a scholarship for football. And uh, I think it's D two school, so nothing crazy, but <laughs> yeah. Um, grab my hand to check it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, man, you don't have a mark." Um, and I'm cleaning up the language here, but everybody can use their imagination. Uh, hey, man, you didn't get your mark. Uh, you need to get the back and get out of here right and there's no like hey yeah you want to pay to get in it was just immediate it was like get out of here yeah yeah. um mind you i have all my friends behind me and i'm like throw my left hand in his face i'm like dude i already got again cleaning language up i was also not a saint in this situation threw my left hand and i'm drinking already and this guy was very intoxicated. It was very apparent. He was very toxic. The bouncer. Yeah, he's oh, very. Okay. All of them were. There's open bottles. Oh, that's great. Drinking out of the bottle. Drunk. Yeah. yeah, and later toxicology reports from that guy, because this guy ended up stabbing, mm-hmm. is uh, Xanax, marijuana, alcohol, freaking, yeah, I don't know what else is in there. I just remember Xanax, alcohol, and marijuana, and mm-hmm. my lawyer saying that, and from toxicology. And um, so, yeah, great scenario brewing here. So I throw up my left hand, tell him not so politely that it's right here and that he can quit being a rude person and uh step past him with my friends and on the way out decided to throw a middle finger up actually you I, decided to throw a yeah, finger up. yeah yeah oh, okay. so in the police so on your way in you're like yeah oh yeah yeah so we got past the bouncers and then i turned around right. and did a nice double salute uh i don't remember that detail very well um i got kicked in the head a lot after, after, <laughs> after that, yeah, yeah, I got hit, kicked in everywhere a lot. Oh, wow. and uh, so I apparently threw up a double, d- double salute for him. Um, turned back around, and my buddy was like, "Hey, man, they're yelling, they're calling your name, or not calling it, they're calling, calling for you." Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so I turn around again. I'm not really listening. And I turn around again, and um, I hear, um slur for white people that black people would use like salty and cracker yeah okay yeah Uh, and i we can say that okay i can say cracker we can say cracker okay okay yeah we can't say the other word we okay we me and you we can say cracker okay cool yeah i don't know it's acceptable anymore um crackers okay yeah they hate white people that's fair uh that one's probably yeah so yeah i hear hey cracker not so nice word f all about that um I turn around and kind of um, definitely shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't admit this. On, on I said some not so nice words back, sure. put it that way. 
And you were giving him the same treatment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it, I'm sure in hindsight, and I'm sure there was a lot. There's, to put it in perspective, there was like 300, 400 kids at this party. It's a big uh, party. It's a very big party. Um, they arrested, <coughs> they detained 150 kids wow. at the end of this party. So I ruined this part. Like, this is like, like Woodenville history. Oh, so you, if any, they hate you now. Yeah. 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 You probably got a couple of ass beatings. Yeah. Coming go, go look up Woodenville <laughs> Airbnb stabbing. It'll come up and there's a whole news report. Um, the guys who, who oh, don't give away any spoilers. Oh yeah, the guys who all <laughs> beat the crap out of me are also on TV getting interviewed. Their faces are blurred. You can see it if you go look That's up. So, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yelling obscenities at each other. He's walking towards me, gets up to me, and kind of sh- gives me a little shove. And I'm like, hey, man. and then I try the beta approach, which now I understand doesn't work with drunk people. Um, which was, hey man, let's just we've been drinking. Let's just calm down. Let this thing go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, I think you need to pay more to stay or blah, blah, blah. Give me a 20. Like, I don't even know what he was saying, but he started reaching for my left pocket. Oh, like he was going to force you to pay. Force me to pay. Yeah. So I had a jacket on and I pulled out a uh, the backwoods and the change from the gas station. And I was like, hey, I know so-and-so in the party who's throwing it. He told me to go get this. Uh, you can go check with him. Like, we're all good, man. Like, I'm just trying to talk. I'm realizing, and and behind him, there is like four of his friends coming. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I turn around, and my friends, uh, when he said, "Hey, they're coming," I just told him to go in the party. No. So I'm a, I'm a little. So you are, yeah, you, yeah, eesh. yeah. I screwed up. Yeah, and, and I'm sure with all the obscenities getting yelled that they didn't want to be in that scenario anymore, and I, right. and I don't hold that against them now. I did for a while after, but I I realize now that I was also creating that situation. And you could have made it worse for some people that didn't need to make it. Yeah, 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 and. So, uh, he swatted the backwoods and change out of my hand, and uh, I just remember getting a right hook to mm-hmm. the face. Uh, like, I, there's a the memory I have is a slapping sensation in my hand, and then a black period of time, and then being on my butt on the ground, and just being like, "Oh, Jeff asked, how'd I get that. here? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh crap!" And uh, and then while I'm doing that, trying to figure out what's going on, I got kicked in the back of the head. And th- mm-hmm. I think that's the first time I got knocked out. Yeah. Um, Saw stars. Yeah, I just blacked out. Yeah. Uh, and I remember waking up, and it was just pain. Every, like just uh, so put it in perspective. When they did the photographs at the hospital of my body, I had van shoe prints on my back. Oh wow. Um, my like the lace prints and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, that that yeah. number. Yeah. In my yeah. back. Um, and then I had uh, one of my eyes was almost swollen shut. My lip was busted pretty good. Um, I had just bruises everywhere, man. Like the next couple of days, I was discovering new new places. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was on the ground, they was taking the liberty to uh, kick me directly up the crotch oh, a few times. No, pretty good. Yeah, so peeing hurt for about oh, a week and a half. You're lucky yeah. you don't have ruptured balls. Yeah. Man. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, so it was a uh, pretty pretty good beating, worst oh, beating I've ever taken. Yeah. Uh, and so I woke up on the ground. I was still getting kicked and punched. Uh, after the fact, they said four or five people were, were beating on me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I decided at that point that it was a good time to. And the reason I, I swatted his hand away from my pocket, I don't know if I said that. I swatted his hand no, away from my pocket uh-huh. when he reached to try to pull stuff oh, out. So that's when the yeah. punch came. Because he slapped the... Let me put this in order of events. He slapped the backwoods and stuff out of my hand, then reached for my pocket. Okay. I swatted his hand away. That's when I got the right cross to the face. Okay. Uh, he didn't like me touching his his hand. Yeah. Um, 
But he wanted to touch your pants, which is kind he, of weird. Yeah, he really <laughs> wanted to get in that left pocket for some reason. That was, yeah. Go figure, right? Yeah, but when I fell to the ground, I don't remember how I got the knife open. It was in my right pocket. I remember kind of guarding it uh-huh. after that on the ground because I didn't want anybody to get it. Like, I was, I, For some reason, I was very conscious of the fact that I had a knife. So all through all that, you still maintain that. Yeah, wow. yeah. I think I was just—I really didn't want to get stabbed with my own knife. Right. Um, so that's terrible. That would be a terrible way to go. Yeah, I mean, ask but him. Actually, that's good on you, kind of for like keeping that under control because now you know you're in a fight, like for your life, because yeah, you've been, the living crap has been kicked out of you. Oh man, dude, and like I—I I think it was terror, and then just kind of like survival confusion and and then it was just overwhelming anger mm-hmm. like the fight response like and i remember i it's probably in the police report or in the the court documents but i'm pretty sure i opened it behind my back while i was on the ground oh, okay pulled it out and opened it as a little flip flip out blade mm-hmm. and uh kershaw they make good knives um, some of the best yeah, yeah. so sharp blades yeah yeah uh pulled like that a can onion uh yeah, actually. Was it the Ken Onion? I think so. Really pointy? Yeah, my pastor. By the way, if Pastor Ray listens to this, thanks, man. He got that, Those are matching knives he bought us for me and my dad's birthday. Um, he just gave me a gun, too, recently, and he's like, don't, please don't use this. Like, a little ass gift. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, um, yeah, I got the knife open. I'm rolling around, finally got up and stood up. I, uh, I kept it pretty hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I they have estimated I got beat for about a minute and a half. Mm. So it was pretty. That's a long time. It's a long time. That is a really long time. I mean, yeah. twenty seconds of a beating is is an it's, eternity. So yeah, uh, that's uh. why I know for a fact. And like, I had a major concussion when I got to the hospital. They were telling me like I, I was pretty messed up. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I got the knife out, and I was just really conscious of the fact that like I expected them to step away. So I did not want to escalate with the knife. So you thought so they'd get it out and then... I'd be well, over. Yeah. I'd, I'd go home and yeah. this would be... Like, party night was over. Yeah. Fun was over yeah. for, for me. You're going to go home and bleed for a while. Yeah, and I have to explain to my parents why I wasn't where I said I was. Yeah. And that would be it. Um, and main aggressor, the guy at the beginning, kept wanting to go. Um, and again, witness testimony says, I do not remember anything that came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I believe... What people said I said is what I said. Don't mm-hmm. doubt it. Um, I was in a com- confused, baffled state at that point. So I've, I don't know. There's probably some weird, weird crap coming out of my mouth. Um, but uh, yeah, so I remember him wanting to still go. I just remember the intensity in his voice. I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember him yelling something in my face and just knowing, I'm like, okay, this ain't over. And uh, uh, I caught another right hook to the top of my forehead man i remember that one really well that hurts so bad like just top of the head man like uh right in the hairline and i was standing up just hit me and i just stood up i was so angry stood up and then um felt like as soon as i stood up he threw his his hand around my neck and and the police photos you can see i had a purple ring around my neck Mm -hmm. this dude grabbed me and i remember just not being able to breathe. And I'm on my feet, so it's not like he had me pinned in, like, in a chokehold or something, but he just had his hand wrapped around my throat. Mm-hmm. And I just remember in my head, like, this dude's trying to kill me. Yeah. Like, this guy is going to keep going until I'm I'm not getting up or conscience, and he's probably going to keep going after that. Yeah. Um, so I 
obviously I didn't think all that in the moment, but I just remember realizing this ain't going to stop and I need to end it. So I threw my right hand around. I had the knife in a reverse grip and uh, stabbed him. And I, I hit him right below the nipple. And for anybody that knows what's right below your anatomical left nipple, like that part of your, your chest, uh, your aorta and your lung sit right there. Mm-hmm. So I what's the legal it's like two three inch two and three quarters i think the legal is three yeah so it's like three inch blade so i hit him right on a nipple it went up to the hilt i remember feeling it skip off a rib Hmm. there's that's got to be an interesting feeling it's it's like you ever hit a baseball with a bat and it just kind of came off funny yeah it felt like that okay in my wrist and uh yeah so i remember hitting something hard which later i realized was his rib Mm -hmm. uh and then it just sunk Mm -hmm. i mean it was like it didn't feel, and this is through a, uh, he had a hoodie and a t-shirt on. Mm-hmm. So it was just straight through it all. Um, and I feeling hit, sink in. And then I kind of realized like, oh, F. And uh, when I did that, I'd pulled. So I'd hit it and then pulled downwards. So he had the, what I remember from the medical report was a three inch long laceration that went into him. Wow. That nicked his aorta and punctured along. Wow. So he had an immediate... His immediately pump system was bleeding out. Yeah, and it was long. So he had yeah. a... And I remember pulling the knife. I mean, it happened in a split second, but I remember the knife sure. coming out. And um, the three hardest hits I've ever taken in my life, I was like death, final final energy, life energy hits, right. uh, put me out. He, yeah. bang, went to the ground, threw my hands up to defend my head and face hit my hand with a knife in it and almost severed his thumb off. Um, that came up later in court because they were, yeah, like trying to say I stabbed him in the mm-hmm. hand. And, yeah. So he almost severed his thumb off. Mm-hmm. I was right hand punching me because I had the knife out, blade out. Uh, hit me once, hit me twice. And then the third one, I, I, I'm pretty sure, again, I don't know how long I was knocked out for or how many times, but I'm pretty sure I got knocked out more than twice during this whole thing. Wow. And, I, and I had that one in the... F- first time i got knocked out i know for a fact i went out and uh i kind of came to fairly quickly i think because no one had realized he was stabbed mm-hmm. so i shot up i him and i well he says in his police report he didn't know what happened i knew what happened and mm-hmm. i knew that there was not going to be a good reaction by anybody there that I after just, you stabbed him yeah it's it gonna yeah it was gonna be like a hornet's nest after that yeah so i i took off man yeah. and uh yeah and to put it in perspective while I was joining the Marine Corps and all this crap's happening, um, I'm doing meth. So, uh, and I had just stopped two weeks prior to this. So I had towards the end of getting disqualified twice, I kind of lost hope. Yeah. And, uh, so I'd started doing drugs again. Oh, so anyway, so you're tweaked out, stabbing people. Yeah. Oh, dude, just a regular Everett, Everett. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and the, th- the thing is, like, that's hard to like make a. I don't know how that looks in court. It looks really bad, Sean. Right, because you're, on one hand, you're fighting for your life, but under your circumstances, you're hooked on drugs again, and yeah. But a, I mean, even honest opinion, even a drug addict has the right to protect themselves. Oh, absolutely, everybody. You know, does, yeah. So it's just the court sees those things, and it's always a count against you, right? Yeah, and optics. I mean, court. That's one thing 
like my whole family, but especially I realized uh, court is not about the truth. Court is about appearances. Mm -hmm. It's about what you air quote can prove or get away with. It is not about what actually happened. Yeah. Um, Unless you have. too bad. Yeah. That's that's a failed justice system. So bad. Yeah. And uh, I got to throw this part in here because my mom's probably going to listen to this. But so I stab this guy and take off and uh, um. His friends, I remember getting across the bridge, starting around up this long driveway, and uh, I were hearing F word, F word, he F word stabbed him, get him, get him, get him. Uh-huh. And then I, I was taking up his driveway all the way, and there was probably six people chasing me. Um, and then them yelling, and there's people still coming in the party. I mean, the party just, like, this is an hour and a half into a party. This is, like, 9 o'clock at night. So, like, I, I wrecked this party at oh, prime man. time. There's still people coming in. So there's oh. people. There was already 300 people there. there. It was massive. And there were more people coming. There was massive. And then you yeah. killed the party before. Yeah, oh, it was chaos. Yeah. Yeah, there's video of, of it all and some kids on Snapchat. It was chaos. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. Um, the thank neighbor. God, thank and, God for Snapchat. They yeah, get all the right. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's yeah. Uh, yeah. The neighbor in the news interview was like, he saw at least fifty kids running across his yard when the cops were showing up, oh, just uh, bum rushing out, out into the woods trying yeah, to get away. Trying to get away. Yeah. yeah and <clears throat> how long did it take for the police to arrive on scene after you had took it off? Uh, so I mean, they chased me up this driveway. Chased me into the woods, and I, I called my mom. Probably, probably about, probably about ten minutes okay. for cops to get there. I'm sure there was police there before paramedics or anybody. Like King County Medic One was the guys that responded. Mm-hmm. I actually worked with one of the paramedics that responded that night. Later. Oh, when you? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, They're like, "Hey, you're that kid, though." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't see me. He didn't see me that night. Oh, so okay. He didn't so you know. didn't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. I. I. Yeah. Yeah, I found it out through the grapevine. I'm like, dude, did you ever work in Woodenville? Like, <laughs> like that part of the county mm-hmm. in like 2018, December? He's like, yeah. So, and I didn't ever get into conversation with him. I'm curious still about what, but I don't know. Those guys go through so many calls. Anyway, yeah, I was running. Probably took about 10 minutes for cops to get there. It was pretty far, incorporated Woodenville between like, uh, if anybody knows where Leota Middle School and Cottage Lake is, it's out towards that. Okay. Um, I didn't know where Cottage Lake is. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think it was off Redmond. Bear Creek Road. It's okay. off Bear Creek. Yep. Long. That's a long driveway. Isn't it? That's that long. Yeah. It's it's is like. It, is there like a gate? Or is there like a gate right there? Um, There's a gate on the left. There's a gated community on the left. This is on the other side. Of the oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a pretty small area of houses, like, gotcha. before it turns in the woods again. But, um, yeah, so I, this is like a half mile driveway, and there's like two or three houses along it on the way up. You were actually pretty far away from your house then. I was, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you were all the way across. You were on the other side of the freeway, so. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a good twenty minute drive. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I called my mom while these guys are chasing me, screaming like they're they're saying. Are I, you still on foot now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. calling your mom, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And Popped the first fence, got on the phone with my mom. They're on the other side of the fence, screaming at me, they're gonna kill me, mm-hmm. and all this crazy. My mom remembers more of it than I do. Okay. Um, but I ended up hopping like three fences, went through some yards, uh, buried myself in someone's like back compost garden of their house, um, and they lost me. I ran out to the road, and I at this point like there is cherries and berries everywhere. There's 
siren there's people everywhere Mm -hmm. i mean on the road like so many people have their cars parked along the road and you know whatever and there's people chaos and running through the woods running down the road trying to get out cops trying to get in ambulance trying to get in and uh i'm on the phone with my mom and she's like i'm coming i'm coming my mom drove from my house to the party and got met by a police blockade and was trying to get me to hop in the car to go home and we'll turn yourself in in the morning. So, All right. Thanks, Mom. Did that, uh, did that work out? No. no. No, it did not. So I ran out to the road and bumped into a, a guy that I met that night at the party, AJ. Um, had Used to be friends with him in middle school. Mm-hmm. We're in late high school now. Hadn't seen him since middle school. Bumped in at the party for like five minutes, said hi, and then bump into him again on the road. And I'm covered in... And blood and and my I'm I'm messed up looking like my face is all yeah disfigured and he's like dude what happened to you <laughs> oh you did you stab that guy <laughs> like yeah man it's like what 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 happened like it wasn't my f- I'm just trying to briefly like I'm not a crazy person blah 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 and my, mind you okay so I, this is something I forget about people ask about I threw the knife in the woods so oh, okay and I can't tell you why I did this that's kind of weird um. I think I was thinking finger. I was so confused. I think I was thinking fingerprints, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because I was going to turn myself in anyway. But I licked the knife and chucked it. You I just you didn't have any clear thoughts going on, so yeah. you're just doing whatever you know. I've, yeah, yeah. I have no idea why I did that to this day. But yeah, so weird, weird stuff. Phone this guy AJ. Hand my phone to him because I don't want to deal with my mom anymore. Mm-hmm. And decide then that I'm going to turn it. There's a cop. I can see like a quarter mile down the road. There's a cop. Mm-hmm coming to search spotlight on him. Like, I can probably get away from this guy, but um, I just need to... It needs to be over. Yeah. I'm tired. Everything hurts. Yeah. I want to go to the hospital. You probably could use a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was getting nauseous and, like, like my head was just pounding. Concussion. Yeah. Really bad concussion. And... uh, Did you throw up? uh, I did in the ambulance, yeah. 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 I remember I got a concussion when I was young. Some kid... We were playing at the Y, and I he just ran right into me, and I was like, you know, this far away from a yeah. brick wall. Oh yeah, oh, and my head bop right, oh. and it just lit up like fireworks, right? Oh man, and I was yeah. like, oh no, right? I thought I was brain dead, <laughs> and I was just dazed. And they're like, why don't you just relax and sit down? And I'm like, no, I really feel like something's wrong. And so they call my mom, my my. Uh, my adopted mom at the time, and she came in a cab because she didn't drive to pick me up to go. So I ended up taking that <clears throat> cab to the hospital. I spent six hours in the hospital just oh, yeah. throwing up, you know. Oh, and man. It was dude. horrible. They're like, now you can't even eat. You can't sleep. You can't do anything. You get to stay up for a while and throw up. I was like, I'm like, I'm like nine years old. <laughs> you know, just, uh, oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I'm not. Peeing, peeing was the worst for me, man. Really? Yeah, standing. Well, they got me in the bladder, but like oh, standing yeah. up and trying to aim. Yeah. And it was like, I just wanted to like close my eyes and like. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. The hospital bathrooms have like bright, bright flipping lights. So it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't even stand the light. No. Yeah. It sucked. Um, yeah. So I, Officer Hicks, if you still work for. for uh, the county sheriff's um, department. It's officer Hicks is the guy who arrested me. Um, That's crazy because I know officer. I know a deputy Hicks. Yeah. Who works for um, Spokane 
right now. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think he worked. I don't think he worked for Seattle, but he did work for. Um, Is he a black dude? No. Okay. He's he's a cracker. Okay. Yeah. He's a cracker. Yeah. He's a cracker. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of us. <laughs> I don't know what I am, honestly. I've been informed. You look a little about, native to me. You I am a little native. Yeah. yeah. You could. You yeah. might have some because you can't grow a full beard. That's mm, yeah, I can't. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't have the white guy hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all Nordic stuff. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. yeah. Viking. You know, you know what's yeah. funny is. You know those twenty three and me or uh, yeah, I have so one sitting on my desk at home. Have you taken it yet? No. Okay, cool. I don't, don't want to find out. My no, mom's I don't. My That's a complete and... nightmare, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's throw that thing in the garbage. It's like for years, my parents were telling me that. Oh yeah, you're like Native American Cherokee, right? I'm like, cool. I don't look any like been anything like that. Yeah, but good to know in case I ever need to collect a check, right? <laughs> That's why I'm doing it now. It's the only reason. <laughs> That's I want the only to do reason it. why I want yeah. to do it. Right? And so me and Stacy got two of them for Christmas and she, same thing with her, her family told her that she was like Native American. At some point in their life, everybody thought they had some Native American. Oh yeah, everybody's right? family says. So I, yeah. I take the test and I'm just white as paper, right? I'm like looking at it and it's like <laughs> Sweden, Denmark, Germany, Northern Europe, and there's like Scotland, every... Every northern European, European is spot on, right? Great European. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I think there's a conspiracy, though. I think that Native Americans made a deal with those companies not to give those. Not to get, yes, I'm going to pay off. They don't money. want to bankrupt the casinos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. Right? I mean, how many people are going to be lining up for checks? Like, hey, look, oh, I can prove I'm Native American. I'm, I'm 6%. That's at least 70 bucks a month, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think my dad, my biological father, he's like at least, he's more than half. I mean, he looks, I look pretty similar to him. Yeah. Um, so, and he's, his mom and dad are, his mom is full blood, I'm pretty sure. And his dad was like half or, or like quarter or something. So, so after doing like the whole family tree and stuff, they gave us more information, like hints and stuff through yeah. the program, through the app. And you can um, trace like my my dad's mom's side and it goes to like mexico like yucatan seriously yeah but th that doesn't even show up in my dna seriously so at some point what i think happened was there was a divorce in there somewhere oh, okay you know what i mean yeah and yeah so i don't know who the other person is you know how they got how, remarried to yeah i don't know how it got split up so that's I don't. I don't know how that. So works. They kept the bloodline pure, and then they got divorced <laughs> and, they, they got and moved on. Yeah, on. I got gotcha. you. Like no more crackers. <laughs> yeah, gotta get them out of here. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. So, hey, my mom found out uh, her dad wasn't her dad when she was twenty three and me. Oh, really? So that's why I don't want to be mine. I'm like, mom, you are you sure? She's like, yes. Like you didn't like find me one day on the side of the street and thought it was cute or something. <laughs> like anything I need to know. Anything I need to know. Yeah. Uh, my friend at work had a real mind blow. He, uh, so his son comes over for uh, New Year's Eve, and his name's my friend's name is Blair, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, oh, no. I want to talk to you. You know, can we talk?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's go out and talk." And so they, you know, they go outside, and he's like, "You know those, you know those um, DNA tests, those Twenty Three Me and uh, oh, Ancestry dot com." He's like, hey, yeah. Dad, did you ever? double check he's like, he's like i i took one of those and i found a match that's close here in arlington 
Oh. And he's like, and, and it turns out she's like my aunt, which means she's your sister, right? Because it was like an 11% match, which is a big percentage. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so he's like, really? And the, so he got her contact info, and then he eventually contacted her, and then they um, talked and then found out that his mom um, had another thing going on. Side, side. Yeah. Yeah. And then had another thing going on. Oh, jeez. So he's got, like, all these, like, uh, half-brothers and sisters. And his dad, get this one, man. The guy he thought was his dad that raised him isn't his dad. (laughs) And so he had to have that conversation. And then he found out his real dad worked at the same place that we worked. Seriously? Yeah. And so... He uh, he uh, he tried to call him and contact him. His dad was like, "What do you want? You know, you want something from him?" He's like, "No, I don't want anything from you. I just found out you were my dad." He's like, "But I guess it was kind of a, one of those conversations that you kind of regret having, you know?" Yeah. Like, oh, I I shouldn't have wasted my time with that guy. Yeah. Like he felt like he wanted something, and, and I know Blair. Blair's like solid rock, dude. He he needs nothing from anybody, you know. And it was just sad to like hear him tell that story because it's like you're just trying to find out who you are, you know, and who your yeah. family is. And you got people that don't want to help you at all understand that. And then, yep. and then to find out he works at the same company. And yeah, what's the chances of that? Yeah. Well, his mom worked there too. Oh, okay. Right. So okay. there was Boeing's. A, oh, man. So Boeing's a, a big family, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. But then, and then it's like, uh, Oh, I was gonna say something. Oh, so he his 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 coworker, the guy that he's worked with, who brought him into the shop at day one, he he was talking to him about it. He's like, hey, does this name ring a bell? And he says his dad's name. He's like, he's like, you know what's weird? It's like I always thought you looked just like that dude. <laughs> so it's like he kind of had this feeling, and then never really acted on it. But it's so weird how we get old and we discover the things that are just so bizarre, right? Life is. And like, That's why you, I say burn that thing. I know. Throw it in the garbage because just be happy Dude, with who got, you are. I've got siblings I didn't even. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's my dad was. Um, yeah, he spread the seed. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I have half brothers in like Oklahoma or something like that. I don't know. I yeah. Don't, don't care to find out. Or, I've got. I've got an older half sister, so I'm I'm an uncle apparently. I got an older half. Well, I know her now. She and I are. She lives in Ellsberg, so we've connected. Okay. But then I have a half sister in Wisconsin. Wants nothing to do with us. And then I'm. I honestly wouldn't. Apparently, there's another kid out there that supposedly could be my dad's, and I just. You know. I, I mean, know. if you cross paths, you cross paths. And yeah, if they hit me, hey, hey, if I do, you know, like, hey, my mom told me your dad is my dad, and. Then I'll say something, you know, I'm not yeah. going to be closed, but I'm not going to actively seek it anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that stuff anymore. I just feel like I'm comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mom said. She's like, oh, my dad may not be my biological dad, but he's my dad. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how I feel about my situation at this point. Yeah. So, I The family that I, I lived in the same house with and grew up with, and they went through all my trials with me, that's my family. And hey, That's perfect, you know. Yeah. Those should be your family, and they earned that. Yeah. And you earn them, so yeah. Um, so after this whole thing with this party, the stabbing, yeah, are you, are you still in court for this? Or is this over with? No, this is over. So this has been over. So I got arrested. 
on winter solstice, so December 21st, 2018, and I got, so I got booked, um, I was only, dude, my parents hired an awesome lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, if you guys get in trouble and ever have, uh, any really, really bad felony, you know, I think my charge was attempted murder. Yeah, I was gonna I was, say, more like attempted murder. Yeah, so they told, so actually, they told me in the hospital, the detective, when he came up, he said, you're being charged with, uh, first degree murder. Mm-hmm. That was the first chart. They so then they. But the guy didn't die though. He they thought he died, because they so they resuscitated him twice. Oh really? Uh, oh. Once in route, once in surgery. Oof. Um and yeah, so pretty crazy. But uh, um, yeah. So they they were getting worried. So technically, you, if if a guy dies, can they can't still charge? I mean, then they bring him back. They can't charge you with murder, can they? No. Okay. No, because technically they are still yeah. with it. Um. Yeah. So thank you, doctors. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, you'd be facing so many different things right now. Yeah, and there, and I'd still be, still be uh, dealing with that. I'd still be in jail. But uh, um, yeah, so I got charged with attempted murder, and then they dropped down to first degree assault with deadly weapon. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so that all ended was I was pretty honest. Uh, I did my. Do not do what I did. If you're ever in trouble, do not talk to the police. Do not talk to the police for 43 minutes <laughs> in a hospital bed. That's a long conversation. Intoxicated yeah. with a concussion. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say anything too whack, but there is one line in my freaking report that I didn't even think about till I saw the transcript. My lawyer's going through it with me. Oh, yeah. I said, quote, uh, they were asking me about the knife. Oh, yeah, it's Kershaw. It's got like a, a drop point blade. It's made for stabbing Piercing. things. Yeah. I said stabbing things. Yeah. Oh, you sent you. I verbatim said like, like just. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, don't don't talk to police. Get a lawyer. Um, Mm -hmm. I waived my rights and talked to police, and it kind of bit me in the butt. Not as bad as it could have, but it definitely bit me in the butt. Yeah, a lot of people think cooperating cooperation with the police is a good thing, and it there's nothing wrong with cooperating with them. Say, you know, I'm willing to cooperate with you. But I would want my lawyer present. Yes, and that's where I, I messed up. Luckily, uh, I didn't say anything bad. Uh, my lawyer said that when we uh, I met him for the first time before arraignment. And um, yeah, so Robert Fulna, that's the name of my lawyer, black dude. He's an awesome guy. Um, I should probably send him a Christmas card this year still. But uh, super nice dude. Kept you out of the pokey. Oh, dude. I remember him showing up like day six of being in there. like Or day, day three, first time meeting him. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, so relieved. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get you out of here, try to get you on house arrest. And, like, seven days later, I was on house arrest. Nice. So, good lawyer. Um, yeah, $52,000 in debt. Sorry, Dad. Uh, yeah, lawyers ain't cheap. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, I had to restart my gun collection because uh, I had to sell all your guns. Sell it all. So, sell it to your dad. Yeah, 17, I already had a pretty good. Are you buying them back piece by piece? No, because he's like, oh, you want one back? It's six grand. <laughs> that's... You know, those are those are lawyers. Those are lawyer guns. <laughs> yeah, smart man. Yeah, so I've bought a new collection now. I uh, should have too much money into. Um, yeah, so court, blah blah blah. I I'm a mostly white dude who stabbed a black guy in Seattle, um, and traded racial slurs with him. So that is very very bad optics. Um, the prosecutor was pretty vicious. Um, I can't believe this is awesome, but I've forgotten the dude's name. I used to rage about the guy you stabbed. You don't know his name. No, oh, I know the him. Prosecutor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll leave his name out mainly because I, I. No, good idea. He's local and and 
I don't have hard feelings with him anymore. But the prosecutor, if I can remember his name, I'd say it because if you guys ever get him, hmm. feel bad for you uh, for anything. Is that a knife on your arm? Uh, is, so there's a story. I've got a knife <laughs> tattoo on my right arm. There's a story with that too. There's. Is that so you never don't get drunk, it? get tattoos, and get out of jail. Um, I'm a firm believer now of. Uh, I don't like so like I have a lot of tattoos and I, I feel like I want new skin. Like yeah, I man. want no tattoos. I mean, you could laser it off. I, I wish I could. I mean, but I just there's a thing about it. It's like it all meant so something. It all felt like it meant something when I was a kid, but now it has no. There's a lot of my tattoos that that I feel similar. Like, I mean, I have a. Am I, I've never said this. Before. So I have a dragon tattoo on my right leg. Uh huh. Brown dragon. You uh-huh. Infer what you will. Infer to the drug um, relation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's good artwork. Mm-hmm. It looks good. The guy who did it's a good friend. I don't necessarily. It's not what I want on my body. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a thing that is in the Bible about tattoos, and it says, "Don't tattoo the names of the dead on your flesh or on your skin." Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, you know, I can understand why, because people who get like memorial tattoos, yeah, and things like that, um, it's like. We think about a memorial tattoo, it's on there every day for you to see. So, like, when you start your day, it's like you're a, you have reminder. a reminder of a tragic, possibly super tragic event that sets the pace for your day, right? So, it's like, why do you want to be constantly reminded and never move forward from something that... Yeah. You know what? Can you see them well, yeah, going I, with that? So I have no memorial tattoos, and I've wrestled with that one a lot because mm-hmm. I've I've had a lot of good friends die, and um, and I've thought about that. You know, I've got seventeen tattoos or something like that already, and I'm like thought about it, and there's just something that feels off about doing it. Like mm-hmm. I just what you said with the reminder, and then just like I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily want anybody to get a tattoo for me if I died. I Maybe my mom. Like my mom might have the right to do that. Maybe, but what would that do for her? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, sure, she has the right to, but it's like the advisory would be like, you know, we have you have, I have a grave or, or yearn you and memories. Visit and memories, yeah. Yeah. I mean, memories. And it should be good memories, right? Not yeah. this tombstone I got to look at every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? And, it, and it's like, and I, a lot of tattoos end up being an external thing for people. Mm-hmm. It becomes less about. You know, I hear the argument like people are, oh man, it's like my life story on my skin. And I and I get that to some degree. Like I think we're all just trying to change who we are when we yeah. were young. We're just bullshitting ourselves into thinking yes. we're something different and we're yeah. not. Yeah. Because when we got older we realized we all think the same stuff. We all do the same stuff. We're all victim of the same stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I'm really no different, right? Yeah. You can change the you know, you can have a stabbing story, you can <coughs> have a car accident, you can have a whatever story. Yeah, but it come boils down to the same principles of yes. life is that we all do messed up things we go through hard times and by the grace of god we come out on top and get through life and that's i think that took it took me after everything i mean i was a very angry 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 person when i got out so i i got i got i did not get found not guilty the prosecutor um wait you say that again i was not found not guilty okay they dismissed the case on grounds that they could not, beyond reasonable doubt, prove it wasn't self-defense. So they didn't even give me the decency to go through a trial. They, they d- basically said, hey, uh, the state doesn't have enough evidence. Actually, they 
had a witness step forward who was one of the best friends of the guy I stabbed mm-hmm. and corroborated my story. Really? Yep. Saved and your buns. Saved my butt because he had never read my testimony uh-huh. and his story matched mine pretty much perfectly. Oh, wow. Um, he had a little bit different viewpoint, like I said, with like some stuff I said. I don't remember saying. That's hearsay, right? That guy sounds like he remembers most of it, so I'm going to take his word for it. Um, and a lot of what he said matched up. He even admitted, he's like, yeah, I got a couple kicks in. And I'm like, you know, I'm like <laughs> dude, I don't even care as long as you tell the truth. Right. <laughs> Kick me again. Take him out for a hamburger. Uh, yeah, dude. So shout out to that guy. Um, save my butt. I was looking at 15 years. Um, I was there going to re... So the prosecutor's plan was... They charged me. They had to drop charge with assault one deadly weapon. They were gonna recharge me with attempted murder, mm-hmm. and then try me as an adult. Wow! So they were trying to nail me yeah. to a cross, and uh, by the grace of God, that didn't didn't happen. And that guy stepped forward. But to sum up that whole thing, uh, when I came out of that, I was just, I mean, I was a mental, emotional wreck. Um, I spent my senior year of high school not going to the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. um, doing meth on house arrest with my drug and alcohol counselor lying for me because wow. she's a family friend. She was not doing the drug tests and oh, wow. all of that, lying, covering up for me. That's harsh. Yep. So yeah. I, she's just kind of enabling me. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I don't know what, pity something, I don't know. And uh, which I'm kind of grateful for. But also, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. The end result (laughs) wasn't good in the sense that what you needed to do wasn't happening. No. Yeah. Um, So she covered for me. I was in house arrest. I was wrecked when I got off house arrest. I got released. I got off my ankle bracelet June 11th. uh, Or, sorry, June 10th. My trial date had been set for June 12th, which is my birthday. So I got let out June 10th off house arrest. Graduated high school June 11th, turned 18 June 12th, started my first job as a pipe layer June 23rd. So within a month, I went from no life, feeling I headed nowhere. Mm -hmm. To crawling again. To that guy giving his testimony, to graduating, becoming an adult, and getting an adult job within a month. Like, boom, 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 boom. Um, And it was like, joy slash anger slash misery slash yeah i'm crazy and i'm like can't yeah yeah so i get it um and that took me a long time to um and you were still 17 at the time right yeah 17 turning 18 yeah Yeah, so you had the typical roller coaster of feelings that any other 17 year old would have and compounded with everything that was going on in your life and then add chemical and all and that. chemical dependency, yeah. Yeah. So it was... You had a lot going on. It's a good time, man. Sounds like a party. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what, though, man? I mean, I didn't know you. you know, I've only seen you... when Before that happened, I'd only seen you a couple times at... Doug Indiana's. Doug yeah. Indiana's. Mm-hmm. And maybe you just composed yourself, knew how to compose yourself, but I never knew about that stuff. Mo- most people didn't. I yeah. honestly like I was pretty good at uh, hiding that, and and also just like I said, like there's large periods of time where I was relatively, yeah, you know, normal, well, troublesome teenager, but not like right, not outstandingly, yeah, um, obvious. Yeah, I did the usual, and maybe a little bit harder than most people do it, but yeah, so I was pretty pretty good because I I knew like I had my biological father, he 
my mom raised me on her by herself from like till I was like age four, and yeah. she was eighteen when she had me. So, and she got them clean off meth a month before I was conceived. Oh, uh, good. And then she, yeah. So there's a whole, yeah. But she was tell I like I talked to her before this podcast to kind of get my yeah. my story straight with childhood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's some pretty crazy stories of like my dad was a crazy dude and he's a good dude now he's christian um pleasing god he's two years clean now all right um he's he's if you listen to this i want i kind of i should probably um i'm very proud of him mm-hmm. um i'll send you the link so you can disperse it yourself too uh, okay. if you want to share it with people cool. i'll do that or just um well yeah you'd have probably probably the spotify link okay yeah i'll make him download spot i don't even know if he knows how to do that but um yeah, so I'm very I'm very proud of him, and he's come a long way. Uh, Twenty years of meth use will do stuff to yeah. your, to your your brain and and reality and, and body. Oh, yeah, I mean, you just look at some people. This, you know, it's it's weird. And I was thinking about this. I'm sidetracking a little bit, but you're good, dude. I I drive home. I take the same exit every day, and I see kids your age. You know, out, out there, there yeah. even right down here and you know, off the exit in Marysville. And they're on something that I have never seen. And I don't know what it is, but it's like they're in a different dimension. Yeah. It's like they would just walk and then freeze in time. And then move. Or they're just... just They're gone. Like they have no motor skills whatsoever. And I'm like, what is this? You know, what is going on? And why isn't... This looks pretty serious. Oh, yeah, man. You know, this is like... This is way beyond... Getting the munchies on your couch and yeah. watching cartoons. <laughs> this is way, way beyond like tweaking out playing video games only and all. Yeah. This, the, whatever the drugs are now, it, I am so glad and lucky that I figured something out, you know, and that you figured something out. Yeah. But these poor kids, man, they just, they, something's got to happen for them. You know, there's got to be something out there that can grab them and get them out of that because they're going to be dead you know that's the only way i look at it is the next time you you may not never see that person again because of how out of touch they are with reality um they're like left so vulnerable yeah anything i mean even even i mean yeah you're talking to people that I mean, you can watch a, a YouTube video and be like, oh, man, that's crazy. It's crazy. I can see why police shoot him. But, like, you also have to realize, like, these people are so out of their mind. Mm-hmm. They're, there's no, they're not having the same logical responses to reality. The picture in front of their eyes isn't the same picture so, in front of your eyes. So out of focus. Yeah. Um, and that's the scary part of, like, um, my story, too, man. Because, like, I had... I got no so so SWAT team story that happened after the stabbing. Yeah, so, that's the one that we were. So that's yeah. We, we go back to that. We went. So. We, let's let's go to that one. Yeah, so that I, one was that was the funny one. I thought. Yeah, so I I, I got out of jail. Um, blah blah blah. Got to go. I worked for my uncle, construction company, being a pipe layer, which um, great experience, toughened me up. Um, yeah. Thank you, Uncle Scotty. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, yeah, he whooped my butt. Good. I mean, he, yeah, good, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, can I say slave driver? Because that's the apt. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Yeah. 
Um, I've never been so scared of a boss. I genuinely thought he was going to get out of the excavator and like hit me in the shovel <laughs> several times. I mean, his veins were popping red in the face. Yeah. Spit flying, like, you know, yelling at me. So anyway, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, I got done with all. So I, I came home from work one day and I'm going to leave some details out just for um, some of my dignity, I guess. But uh, there's some things I don't. <laughs> you still have dignity. After uh, yeah, everything right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some things I don't like to share. But yeah. So there's an event in my life that precipitated the SWAT team thing. So I, I got to a point where. Um, I drank a fifth of vodka and um, like just one just, sitting, just just took it down. Took it down, threw it a few times, kept going. I had two fifths, so got one down, threw up a couple times, opened the second one. At this point, I called a suicide hotline because I thought that was a good idea. Um, <laughs> don't really remember doing it. Well, I mean, if you felt like you were going to commit suicide, why not call a hotline, right? Sure, and the first question... On, is there any weapons in your vicinity? Well, come on. I, yeah. Like, I'm a gun guy. There's tons of them. There's tons of them. I'm sleeping on a pile of them. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, so, get asked that. I don't remember much else of that call, but I remember it ending basically with me going, F you, don't send anybody. F you, I don't want to talk to you. Were you at home? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why I called that address. Okay, so, so you were at your mom and dad's house. Yeah. And you were drinking in the basement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I walked out the front door with a fifth in my hand, uh, conveniently, and then about like 10 minutes later, Woodenville or King County SWAT Children. showed up, or their special response unit, uh-huh. and their giant floodlights and a microphone in front of my house <laughs> at 2 a.m. Woke up my neighbors. Don't blow your brains out. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Yeah, and they're looking for Josh. I never gave him my name, so they're looking for my dad. Oh, I thought it was my dad. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, so there's... And your dad was armed. Yeah, the so my dad went to the door with a gun. Yeah. And, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the worst case scenario. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, so how many guns did you take away from me for that one? Um, none. I Again, I don't know how I have my firearms right, so I'm very happy I do. Wow. Uh, maybe I have his podcast. I won't. I don't know. Who yeah. listens to it? Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> Anybody in Germany is going to yeah. <laughs> take your guns away. Hopefully not. They might need some, though. Yeah. They already went through that phase about 80 years ago. Yeah. But so, yeah. So, SWAT team, I'm out of the house. They deal with, I don't. Do they, like, go right past you or what? Like, uh, No, dude. I don't remember. Okay. I got out of there. Oh, okay. I got out of there. I went to, to drug and alcohol <laughs> counselor's house. She was my safe spot for enabling my addiction and oh, okay. alcoholism. I went to her house, her and her daughter, and went to her house, and I was passing out drunk on their front steps slash driveway. While your dad's negotiating. His- yeah. Um, well, Swat's clearing my house and pointing rifles at my mom and like, yeah. Um, yeah, with finger on the trigger, apparently. So she's <laughs> bad, bad gun yeah. handling going on. Yeah. So that's all going on. I go over there. Was she uh, shouting index, index? Oh, I'm sh- later, dude. Those, <laughs> the reason I know that detail is like, this is one of the things she always brings up when that story comes up. Like, his finger on the trigger and he came through the door. And I'm like, uh, yeah, well. Drunk dude with a gun. I mean. Yeah. Drunk dude with a gun. Yeah. Called the suicide hotline. Good so, one. Good one, Josh. Oh, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> dude, yeah. It was definitely Josh. Honestly. Or anybody listening to this who's like a manual reviewer or whatever. It was, it was Josh Owen, not Anthony Black. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
That all happened. They found me at that house, and this is where. How did like, they know to look? Oh yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure they. I don't know. They probably tracked my phone at that point. I don't know what they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was also like well known. I go to this this place. Did your parents have a phone yeah. tracker on you? No. Oh, okay. Um, I was 18 at this point, so they. But hands off on that. But uh, yeah, they found me. Um, police officer, lone police officer, found me down there, and uh, it's like downhill and. Uh, I was in the driveway trying to pick myself up mm-hmm. and like walk away from the house and friends are trying to get me to come back. The older lady, that family is trying to get me to like corral myself and just come in the house, sleep it off. Right. And police officer's like, no, nah, he's, it's not what's happening. <laughs> he's going to the hospital. He's got, yeah. he's got a bigger problem right now. And I'm not, I'm, I'm so drunk. I, I. I don't remember walking there. I don't remember most of anything happening. But I remember the driveway scene pretty well because the cops sobered me up pretty well. And I have a mostly spilled fifth of my hand, and this cop is, like, talk, trying to talk to me. I don't remember what he said. And he, I remember him getting close, and I'm, like, leaned over almost on all fours of this bottle against the pavement. And um, I remember coming up and touching my shoulder, and I threw my head up really hard mm-hmm. and he's close enough that my head went straight in his junk oh nailed him in the balls oh and i remember just a solid knee coming in right into the rib bang no my face oh your face bang. oh and about knocked me out yeah and then i remember wrestling with him <laughs> yeah oh yeah started wrestling yeah with started him. he got down there with me and oh. uh, started wrestling with him I like to think I was on top, but there's no way I was on top <laughs> at any point. Your view and his view is totally different. Yeah. He, like, I folded you like origami. Uh, yeah, I thought I was kicking his butt. but He was just folding towels. Oh, uh, yeah. He, yeah. So more cops show up. I had five cops on top of me by the end of this. And, like, one cop on my chest, like, yelling, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are yeah. you done yet? And, like, finally just giving up and um, didn't charge me. I got some hits in. I got some solid, like. And you're. Proud of that? No, because um, <laughs> I saw it hits it right into their vest. So, oh, you know, yeah, it's you, like Kevlar really got bruised up, but man, so. Anthony, yeah, yeah, dude. So they they didn't charge me. I think I don't know what they were thinking, but um, that had a lot of grace for me. That's for sure. Especially after what you had just gone through. Yeah, and then this, you're yep. so lucky. Yep, man. Oh yeah, man, and. uh yeah, they sent me to the hospital. I woke up. Uh, I passed out. I remember getting put on that gurney, and then I passed out for a couple of days. I was in the hospital. I was passed out. Yeah. And uh, woke up. My girlfriend at the time was there. My best friend and roommate, Drake, was there. Drake has been, like, through me with, through all this story. And there's so many stories I, I'm not even going to mention. But, like, uh, I got an ATV rack and, like, splatted my internal organs. I remember that. Doug was there for that. Yeah. yeah. Drake was there at the hospital helping me pee for the first time. Cool. Um, holding my catheter bag. It's good to have a friend to help you pee. Sometimes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he that's what friends are for. Hold you up while you're butt naked. You know, <laughs> but yeah, so. somebody's got to do somebody's it. Somebody's got to right? do it. And I don't want my mom doing it. So yeah. Drake got to do it. Um, yeah, so I wake up and it's Drake, my girlfriend, and my mom, and um, they're like, "You're going to rehab." Yeah, and I'm like, "No, I'm not." And Drake, I actually talked to him about this before the podcast like a week ago, and mm-hmm. uh, he's like. He's like, I remember being, put, I'll use his words, that was the most genuinely pissed I'd ever been at you. He's uh-huh. like, I, you woke up and you're just adamant. I don't even remember saying it, but I was, apparently I was adamant. I am not going to rehab. There's no way you were getting me to go to rehab. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm a POS. I don't like to get out. Like I just I don't want anybody here. Shame and guilt took over. Like right. I am so you know, and and I guess the one component I've kind of been missing all night is like the God piece. Like I would uh, like when I'd get high and do all that kind of crazy stuff. Like it was like my way of running away slash fighting with God. That's right. kind of how I always knew what was going on. There's that internal battle of just like f you for creating me, but also like can you please help me right so that's very reality that's reality of it like you will fight god when you're wrong right yes because you it's your pride right ego pride shame pride right so we need somebody to take the fall for us right yep so god is the first person on the list yeah you made me yeah you made me this way why did you make me this way yeah yeah right but you start to understand that he made you this way so that not because he wanted to build a person who would follow him unwillingly i mean like not unwillingly but like a robot would be programmed right but to follow you by will by your own will and And that's something we struggle with a lot is having that self-will to follow god submission submission to authority is not a not a strong suit of mine i don't think it's a strong suit of anybody no not at a young age it's it's one of those things where um, it takes seasoning time. You know, you gotta you gotta marinate in it for a while. Re, re, I remember when I tried reading the Bible before I had a relationship with God, and I couldn't understand anything that I was reading. Right, I was reading words. That's all I was reading, and then I go back and read the same line again because I didn't understand what it said, and I'd be like, "This is so." This is a bunch of BS. I, I'm never going to figure this Bible out, right? Because this is supposed to have all the answers in it for me. Why aren't I getting anything from it? And this was probably a couple years before, right? So it was weird that after I submitted to Christ and then started reading the Bible, all of a sudden it was like somebody put a translation in there for me. And so now when I read the Bible, I see this, like, truth in there. The words and everything come out as, as truth. And it's, I've, I haven't, this isn't the first time I've heard of this happening. It happens to, from where I hear, a lot of people that are not Christians and then become Christians. And then all of a sudden now they can understand the word of God. There's something yeah. to that, and maybe it's it's just that when God, whether you choose God or God chooses you, however that that union works, it does transform you in a way that allows you to see the truth. And I think there's a, a definite like for someone who's been raised in by in a Christian family, grandparents, like everybody's Christian, right? Um, there's a difference between. Reading the reading the Bible or, or taking God's will in your life willingly mm-hmm. and doing it because it's routine, like or because it's it's um, it's a it's a possible solution, so I'll check it out. Right, right. when you do it willingly, like now, um, I probably don't. I don't read my Bible as much as I should. I don't go to. I'm not a very social person, so I don't go to church very often. I don't do groups anymore. I 
I'm honestly slacking pretty heavy on that. My roommate's Catholic too, so that's that's a fun. Sometimes. You like that? Oh yeah, that was a good sound. <laughs> what are you doing over there, man? Making some adjustments. He's licking the mic. <laughs> yeah. Getting hungry. <laughs> dude, I am too. Uh, Stacy ordered some pizza. I wonder if she's home and it's here. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's why you're over there like fidgeting. Like, dude, <laughs> I know. That's cool and all, man. But pizza. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. Like now, it's like. Do you want to challenge yourself, like to? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. To I, start doing group and going to church and reconnecting. This is a weird thing. Like, I can I can sit one on one and talk to somebody about God all day, like past, like and 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 really have a conversation that that has um, something I can take out of it. Yeah. Not just chitter chatter about stuff. Um, when I get in a group, man, there's something I feel. Um, you know, imposter syndrome. Like you get, like I don't know if you feel that like at work. Mm. I'll feel that way in group settings. Tell me what imposter syndrome is. So, like, imposter syndrome feels like you you shouldn't be where you're at, and oh. like you don't belong, or you're. Uh, I don't like, know. Like you're a fake, dude. Let's see what Google says. Yes, yeah. yeah, it makes it sound like you're like trying to be something that you're not in a group of people, right? Yes. Um, it, and that was definitely a coping mechanism while I was using and as a teenager. I mean, everybody does it. Teenager, you're trying to find an identity and right. where can I fit? What do I got to say to fit in? What do I got to be to fit if, in? You know, you know, it's hard. Like, you, you could easily just tell people, right? Get a relationship with God, find your identity in Christ, and you'll be you'll be in a way better place. Yeah, foreknowledge is a brilliant thing. If only as a kid we accepted foreknowledge. But we don't. Yeah. For some reason, the majority of adolescents, it's like in one year, it's like rubbing them with sandpaper. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. It's, like, it's so. Well, I mean, I think some of it too is just like they don't know who they are, right? Basic comprehension of of the world around you and where you fit in. I don't think you're figuring that. I mean, I'm still I, there's dude. There's days now at 21 where I'm like just super young i'm starting to realize like how young i am like how fast time goes so like i'm actually like this is gonna go you know i like that whole anxiety thing but hmm. there's days i'll realize like um holy crap man like i'm still a little kid in a lot of ways yeah. like, like yeah. i just learned i don't know there'd be like or i'll go to work and i'll do like a full day's work and i'll be like oh man this is what, like being an adult's like like i've worked 80 hour weeks before but like now I don't know. They're just starting to set in. Like, yeah. this is the pace and tempo. I had my forever. first kid when I was nineteen. That's crazy. well, my only kid when I was nineteen. Uh, and and I and she's twenty six. Yeah, that's terrifying, Sean. Yeah, I couldn't do that it, for you. Yeah, it was, but that was my <laughs> <laughs> my life, right? And I, I mean, I don't recommend it to anybody, but that's. I mean, I'm so grateful that my daughter is. Who she is today, even after how shitty I was, yeah. you know, as a father, I'm extremely blessed to have a relationship with her still, and I'm glad that we were able to repair that. But it's not something I recommend people should be in a hurry to do at all because um, if you don't have like a if you don't have a Christ-centered family and everybody's on the same page, there's gonna be struggles in there that you can avoid unequally yoked unequally yoked yeah. yeah yeah and and you're gonna uh take for example me and stacy at the beginning of our relationship 
we didn't have a, a relationship with Christ and we went through all these different turmoils. And it was really like some of the arguments we'd have was just like it was just straight possession. Like yeah. we would just talk and argue in circles. Yep. And then you'd figure out why are we still arguing about the same thing over and over again and not going anywhere with it. And eventually you just go to sleep in anger. Yep. And you wake up and you try to pretend like it never happened. And you try to go move on with life, but you still know that you never solved anything. Yeah. And I think that having that Christ in our life offers you the ability to submit to each other in a way that allows you to communicate the real problem. Yeah. You know, instead of just arguing back and forth. And and that's where it's important in the family structure is that everybody has a sense of respect and submission towards each other that you don't let it get to a, a crazy possession kind of i need to win this yeah this uh, my point needs yes. to be driven home and yeah. you're and it and the round and round of like okay they're not submitting to what my idea of the situation is and so i'm not submitting going. to their idea yeah. so yeah. it's just ugh. continual oh yeah yeah um, it's miserable that was my relationship with my parents growing up as a teenager i mean i i drove i drove my parents freaking I, I feel so I still as day feel really bad about um I mean yeah I lack of sleep I think my parents probably got more sleep when I was a baby than when I was a teenager honestly I mean they were like for real man yeah. um yeah I uh, I feel really bad and put you know money hospital bill I one over I my first overdose was when I was fourteen yeah um so like I mean dude yeah wow um but yeah I mean I'd have those arguments that's with, yeah, that's deep. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Yeah, mom and dad get a, they had no idea of sneaking a out. A fourteen-year-old overdosing. Yeah, uh, at my. I can't think. I, I couldn't yeah. even. I can. I couldn't see my daughter doing that. Yeah, okay. I mean, they get a phone call in the middle of the night, like, "Hey, your son's at the hospital." <sighs> blah, blah blah. Um, yeah, and those they didn't even know I was sneaking out. So like, this is all like, oh, you know, all this stuff they're finding out. Like, right. yeah, so. So I got a I got a question to kind of wrap this up. Yeah, go for it. If you could go back in time and tell tell your fourteen year old self something, what would it be? That's a hard one. A lot of people said a lot of things to me that I would I repeat now, but I was I probably still wouldn't listen to it at fourteen. But if it's coming from me, I think the main thing I would try to reinforce is like. Nothing you do apart from from God is going to provide you the relief and the rock that you were looking for. Yeah. It is not out in the world. There is no girl. There is no relationship. There is no drug. There is no group of people you can identify with apart from God that are that is going to give you um, true freedom from from the pain you're experiencing and the and the loneliness and the abandonment and all like that. There is nothing out there that is going to meet that equivalent, and you can BS yourself all day mm-hmm. into thinking that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be a real miserable guy. Yeah, I like that answer. That's yeah. a good answer. Um, yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. Let's go see if there's any pizza downstairs. <gasps> dude, two and hours went quick. Is that two hours? Wow. Like two hours, man. Oh man. There's going to be a lot of scrubbing. <sighs> I'm just that coffee made me so hungry. Yeah. We're still alive, so let's okay. just roll in for a little bit. I gotta watch my mouth for another thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so glad you came out here and did this, man. This, this is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Hey, if you ever want to come back and just 
BS and talk and stuff, man. It's why don't you go shooting? The mic's always open. I'm down. I'm Let's totally go. Down. I'm shooting. I gotta come check out your church group up here too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to a local one in Marysville now. Okay. So okay. we don't we don't go to Canyon Hills because of the travel and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and since Stacy works a lot of Saturdays, it doesn't give us a lot of time. Mm, so. Okay. So we we have a pretty good church now down here in Marysville. You're welcome to join us, dude. I'd be down for it. All right, man. Sweet. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Anthony Black and Sean Bullis. Have a wonderful week. Now let's see if I can hit the right buttons.